Hey, this is Alana from the Holland Project in Reno, and you're listening to Up in the Mix. Welcome to another edition of Up of the Mix, coming to you hot from the Honeycomb Hideout. This is Sean, a.k.a. The Truth, a.k.a. The Super Nicest, a.k.a. The Nar Mr. R, a.k.a. Not the Black Dude That You Thought I Was. This is Caesar, a.k.a. De La Foto, your favorite neighborhood Mexican Ernesto. Captain Kulo, Coach Mr. Brunch, your local, also that poppy with the dad body, the brown man in the yacht club. How the fuck did he get here? Lomona de la Genta, the habitual line crosser, the honey badger, and the fucking baby whisperer. So what's oh, good? Mm-hmm. We're back again in a little break, you know, like I've been busy shooting weddings and, you know, leaving town a lot, which is awesome. Yeah. How was your week last week? Yeah. So like I uh, shot a wedding in Sacramento in like Roseville, Folsom, whatever uh, for the homie John. And uh, he's also into Wu-Tang. So every time it's like John, I'm like, it's John John Bacardi should uphold the ice. A name like New York. It's so good. You got to name, name it twice. twice. Yep, yep, yep. But uh, he also loves Wu-Tang. And like we grew up together riding bikes, went to high school together. Um, him and his lady, uh, Julia, has been met, they've been married for two years already. But just on paper, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, so they just did a ceremony for everybody else, like family and friends. And I was at the golf course. Um, what did annoy me though was like, you, we're at a golf course and it's fucking pretty, but they only give you like a couple spots to go shoot photos at, you know, and they've already pre-picked them out and stuff like that, you know, and like we're on a time schedule and I was like, I don't want this fucking shit. Like, let me do my own shit. Everything will be fine. Like, the, oh, the golf course only lets you take pictures certain places. Yeah. We're like there cause they, the people at the golf, there's like people, um playing and stuff planet the planners and they're like you could shoot right here at this background and i was like this looks i'll shoot a picture here but i don't want to shoot here and like people were like golfing and i was like the whole bridal party i was like yo let's cross the fucking lawn now and everyone's like cool (laughs) and then the girl's like no don't do that i'm like no we good (laughs) like i'm like looking there's nobody playing through they'll see all these maroon dresses we're fine you know like or all these bright colored dresses so like and i took it and like the picture came out way better and that background was fucking shitty as fuck that first one and then they're like they just try to rush me and like try to like and i was like no nah, give me give me fucking 30 minutes with the couple not fucking 10 like but other than that it was a cool venue um yeah it was fun a lot of friends i haven't seen in a while my friend's an iron worker, so he has a bunch of fucking blue collared friends in the in the party, you know, we're just fucking talking and like uh his best man Al went to school over here too and like it's it was a good time. Nice. nice. Uh-huh. How was your week, Mr. <coughs> winner 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 chicken dinner out here? It was busy as fuck. Um Yeah, we had uh we had a Reno Arts and Culture Commission meeting on Tuesday. Finalized plans for uh Reno Light Festival coming this uh December. 
What 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 does that entail? There's gonna be some uh, art, art like light up artwork downtown. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's gonna be the same weekend like uh, as the tree lightings festival. So the whole downtown's gonna be decorated. So now with there's lights. gonna be like instead of like doing a tree lighting on, on a, a Tuesday Monday or whatever, or a Tuesday it's gonna be on a Saturday. They're that's gonna what's have up. Christmas tree lighting. That's They're gonna up. have a, a huge ceremony and then. The whole next week, there's going to be all this art downtown, mm. like, like the lights up at night. It's going to be a thing for the holidays. It like brings people together. The, people come in from out of town. Well, like. the next weekend is the Santa Crawl. Mm-hmm. So that night is like the kick. They're going to have like fire dancers. They're going to have like this ice sculpture, con- uh, ice sculpture contest with all these famous ice sculptors, mm-hmm. and then like fi- like fire and ice show. So like the yeah. fire dancers, the ice sculptures. I fucks with that. So it's going to be super cool. Yeah, like last mm-hmm. year, they you know they heard. They the city heard that they probably it was heard whack. Me. I've been South bitching about how whack it was. <laughs> so they're like, they're stepping it up, and like you know, the the goal is to make this like an annual thing mm-hmm. where they get more and more artists, and you know, spread it out more and more because like they're gonna have the. I don't want to give all of it away, but they're gonna have this cool like projection art, mm-hmm. interactive projector with infrared sensors oh, over the uh, uh, the the dog park downtown, over the the train tracks over yeah, there, yeah, yeah. and then they'll have some stuff down at. Uh, Across from the Tap House and Wingfield, Dude, and then tight. down by the Believe sign with the Space Wheel. And what what's awesome is like a bunch of art and artists is like because like the lady and I usually go to San Francisco because it's like even we don't go for the tree light like Macy's Day tree lighting or whatever, but even their like downtown area feels more Christmassy. And that's what they're working yeah. on. So like California, Virginia, Sierra, um, Probably Lake yeah. or Center, Lake whatever. Center. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, they're going to have way more themes and work with casinos to get, like, lights and make mm-hmm. it festive and look like fucking Christmas downtown. Exactly. That's fucking awesome. Yeah. So that was – went over that on Tuesday. Uh, Thursday night was – we talked about the uh, – we'll talk about more later, but the R&R's uh, uh, celebration dinner for the winners. Yeah. We'll talk more about that later. Had a real-ass – first real-ass conversation, though, at work. Uh-huh. So this kid, Thursday, he's like, oh, I'm tripping. I'm like, what's going on? He's like, I got court tomorrow. I'm like, well, what's the deal? And he's like, I don't know, but there's like three options, basically. He's like, one, like, I, like I've like i already been, he's already in like a group home. He's already going to the school as part of his program. He's like, one, they just keep me doing this. He's like, two, or they could send me to like uh, China Springs based off, you know, like what happened. Or he's like, three, they could fuck me over and charge me as an adult, and I get sent to state prison for up to three years and have how, a felony on my record. Damn, how old is he? Yeah, 17. Okay. 17, adult, already with the F, taking that L. He, like, told, and, like, because, uh-huh. you know, a lot of them, they don't, you know, they don't have to tell us what they did, like, you know, because we're about moving on, like, but he, like, totally explained to me what went down. He was like, you know, blah, 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 blah. Super, he, obviously, He's like thought about it and learned from what he did, and that's good. That's great. So I was just talking. I'm like, he's like, you know, like I'm like, well, what did your public defender say? And he's like, well, she wants me to plead guilty because, like, there's some body cam footage that would like she doesn't want the judge to see because it would make me look bad. Uh-huh. I was like, all right. I was like, well, I mean, you. D-. <laughs> he's like, like you did do it. Yeah. You know. He's like, I know. So he's like, I'm like, well, I'm like, you know, he's asking me what he should do. Mm-hmm. I'm like. Damn. No, I can't really That's something like tell you. you. Like, I'm like, uh, yeah, but I'm like, you know, if I were you, I mean, you've done everything right. Like, they gave you this. They could have sent you to jail already, and they didn't. You got this program, and you've been doing super good here. 
So I feel like that's a good sign. Just like, you know, admit to the judge what you did. Tell him like, blah, blah, blah. You're learning from it. Mm-hmm. So uh, he's like, yeah, I don't know. He's and then he's like, talk about running away. And I was like, oh, man. I was like, no, because then, you know, that you're going to have a warrant out forever. Like anytime you, you're just going to be looking over your shoulder all the time. Anytime you get in trouble. It's Unless just... he can make it to like straight Canada in an hour. Like, yeah. You know, that's it. But, you know, he's 17. He's thinking. He doesn't have that shit. Yeah. He's, he's like, th- he's, thinking, he's scared. Yeah. So we had a good conversation Thursday, and then, uh, like, I was telling the principal, and the principal wrote him, like, a letter, like, a recommendation for the judge. And he's like, here, like, make sure he gets this tomorrow before he goes to court. And then, like, he came in Friday. Super nervous, but, like, he's, like, dressed. He's like, I'm wearing a suit, you know, Mm -hmm. tie. I'm going to dress up nice, just go in there. And, you know, his mom came to get him. His girlfriend was in there, like, she's fucking crying. Like his his boys yeah. like walk him down. They're like, all yeah. right, you know, like it's it was serious for everyone because yeah. all of them were seeing like this mm. fucking serious ass consequence uh, consequences for their actions. And I'm happy, like maybe like the other kids that are in there. That's the thing they, they are see seeing it. what he's going and through. it's real life. Like that one guy who just came in and like I'm a gang oh, member. I that did. guy. So is he dead? That guy got <laughs> fu- he was mouthing off or something wherever the home he was in. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were like, yeah, we came home and his parole officer was waiting and took him back to where he, he was from. Yeah. And he's out Damn. of the program going back to jail. Damn. Damn. Fucked up. He's about to get prison pumped real quick. So, uh, but yeah, he came back Friday afternoon. Mm-hmm. He's like super happy. Like he's on, pro- you know, he got probation. So he's like not going community to jail. service. Yeah. yeah. He's like, if as long as I just keep doing what I'm doing, he's like, if I don't get in trouble the next three years when I'm 21, everything goes off my record and Dude, is sealed. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. And I was like, bro, you just been handed a new life. Exactly. I'm like, this is your birthday right now. Like, yeah, you got to look at this. Like from this mm-hmm. moment on, you've been given this chance. Exactly. Like you can't blow it. Because like even coming out of jail with that F, the felony, you know, like fucked him. It's hard to get a fucking job. And that's what he was worried about. And like, that's the thing you won't be able. It's like putting a tattoo on your fucking face. At, tw- at from yeah, the yeah. jump, like from like, the time you're twenty, mm-hmm. like he would have the rest of his life had that, or would have mm-hmm. had to work super hard to try. And- try to like in like what are you gonna do? Like even people at warehouses, like they're like, oh, you got a felony for what? And if it's like anything violent, you know, like even though they don't need to ask, like they still ask, like, and then you're just like fucked your whole life. Until you know you're on social security, and then the, that's what leads people to commit more crimes because there's no they other, don't have there's, hope. There's no other way. That's they why can't, yeah. they can't get a decent job. And that's what he was saying. He's yeah. like, if this happens, you know, like he's like, when I get out, like I'm gonna have to go back living where I was. Like if mm-hmm. he's from Northern California, like go back living there, and I'll be doing the same shit. And also no no like life skills, no working skills, and he's gonna be an older like, you know, like and then growing up in an institution that's like the thing you're 17 men- you're, you're mentally different he's 17 he can grab like because of what they did what he's probably going to do is he's going to stay with us for the next semester mm-hmm. catch up and then he'll go back to regular school yeah. in the spring and graduate like a normal fucking kid mm-hmm. and then he'll just be on probation doing community service for the next two years or three years yeah and he you know he can go on with his life mm-hmm get a decent job and like a mistake mm-hmm. he made when he's 16 is not gonna ruin his life yeah that's beautiful salute to you so uh, it was mm-hmm. yeah it was fucking real i was so glad like it was yeah. you know sobering moment for everyone yeah 
and especially where you're at like I, kids need to see that mm-hmm. and that mm-hmm. there is consequences even though like a lot of kids get away because like they're minors you know but if something gets too far like you'll get tried as an adult and what are you going to do at 17 in prison because that's the thing some of these kids it was perfect example because like wednesday the other kid got taken away and it's the second kid who's been about to leave the program second kid who's in the program fucked up and got Mm -hmm. so that they saw that and then they saw like the other side of it where like someone isn't fucking up is successful so you know they need to see facing consequences even though he is like doing good that's the thing they've are once they're there they're already messed up yeah so they gotta like take that's why like him him taking responsibility not i was telling nick i'm like yeah my school's like shawshank everyone in there's mm-hmm. innocent except for this one fucking kid <laughs> yeah who's admitting that he fucked up like admits mm-hmm. and owns the shit he's done and everyone just, else is like i don't know why i'm here <laughs> or it's some bullshit you know yeah and this one kid's like no this is what i did i was fucked up i yeah. barely remember it blah 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 oh he was faded huh Yep. Uh, yep. He was drinking alcohol or Yeah, he was like okay. I was blacked out. I don't, he's like to be honest, like I am blacked yeah. out. Mm-hmm. I like I don't remember everything. And I like I'm pretty sure I like Yeah. But anyways, Damn. before we introduce our very special guest, we've got a call to action to all of our listeners out there. Mm-hmm. We were making major moves with new subscribers, new listeners the last few months. But we need you to go to wherever you listen and leave reviews for the podcast, whether it's on iTunes, Google Play, wherever. Please go and just like rate us, but leave a review because that's what moves us up. It helps and helps us uh, the algorithms. Because we out we, there. we see you guys listening. Like we see some stats. Yes, and like just a little help is also awesome. So yeah, just if you're out there, if you're listening, take five minutes, go to whatever platform you are, and just leave a. Uh, a review of the show and that will help us move up the algorithms. I mean, our goal would be to be like one of the trending podcasts on iTunes or something, mm-hmm. but that's, but that's really hard, but that's any, really hard. Any comment and lights, the feedback's awesome. And for those who have, I mean that we have like a lot so far, but we can get more. Mm-hmm. So Always. please do that. I checked the iTunes one. No one's left the iTunes one this year. This All of year. them are from 2017 and 18. Oh dang. So please go and do that. Uh, just a little, Reminder. Yeah, it helps. He'll hook us up. Mm-hmm. So uh, introduce uh, this beautiful person we have here today. Sean. So we have very special guests. Um, we just met. In, it's great, like organically from uh, being involved in the hip-hop scene here in Reno. Um, heard of his events. Heard, saw he's worked with many of the people we know, people we've had on the podcast. But please welcome Niles from the Speak Easy Series 775 to the show. Welcome. Yeah, thank you guys for having me, man. Mm-hmm. For real. Uh, introduce yourself. Do you have any AKAs? Yeah, definitely. Uh, I also <laughs> go by uh, Quinn Essential when I'm making beats. Uh, just so there's some differentiation from when I rap and when I make beats. Separate persona. Yeah. What about when you rap? I feel different. That's that's really what it is, too. Mm-hmm. Like, when I'm in the studio and I'm making beats, it feels different than when I'm listening to the beat that's already made right into it, you know? Mm-hmm. It's like a different part of my brain that I'm using or something. Yeah, flipping different switches. Yep. Mm-hmm. So when you rap, is it just Niles or what? That's just me. That's yeah. just you? My name's Niles Quinn, so it's actually, yeah, Niles Quinn, but all my friends just call me Niles or Quinn. <laughs> you know, some people like that better, uh-huh. so I'm like, whatever. My dad calls me Quinn sometimes. I'm like, all right, it's cool. Where are you from? Um, I'm from all over the Bay Area. I was born in San Jose, and I grew up out in the East Bay. But, you know, I've lived all over, and I've lived in Reno now 
currently for like a year and some change, but I lived here in 2010 to 2013 or so. 2014 even maybe. Mm-hmm. Like three or four years I lived out in Reno. So what brought you back? Um gentrification. <laughs> pretty much. Yeah. I still love the Bay Area, but you know, it's deeper than that too. Friends brought me out here too. You know, I got my friend that I kinda moved out here with right now is Enigma Beats. People know him by that, my boy Nate. Yeah. Uh I known him for a long we had, time. We had the Pivon Prophets on a few weeks ago. They gave him a yeah. shout yeah, out yeah, 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 yeah. I met them through him too. Uh I've known Nate since like two thousand eleven or twelve. Yeah, I met him when I first moved out here and uh He's one of the most like genuine dudes that I had met. So we stayed in touch. We were always like, you know, every other month or so I'd hit him up and be like, Hey man, how you doing? Kind of thing. So one time I hit him up and uh, he was like, I'm in angels camp. And it would happen to be like two hours from where I was at at the time. So I was just like, okay, like, let me go. And they're at this mm-hmm. festival. Right. And it was already a sold out festival. And I was like, let me see if I could like find a way to get in here, you know? And it was no way in. Like, yeah. there was, like, it wasn't, like, I was, like, in my head, I was thinking, like, this big festival, like, in the trees. Like, there's, like I'm going to get in. Yeah, quick, yeah, yeah, go yeah. underneath it. Yeah. And, no, nah, it was really not like that. It was really, like, a, a long dirt road that you had to go on to, like, get so to the, to the get entrance. In. Yeah. They could see you a mile away. Oh, man. So I get up there, and I was kind of, like, calling Nate as I was, like, pulling up. I was yeah. like, yeah, man, I'm here. But I was like, I don't think I'm going to get in. He's like, tell him you're Enigma Beats. And I was like, nah, that's not going to work. Uh-huh. I was like, didn't you already check in? I was like, all right. I went up there and I told him I'm with, a, I'm part of his set. That's what I said. I'm part of Enigma Beats set. They let you in? <laughs> no, no, <laughs> man. No. It was a process. But I had uh-huh. driven so far that I didn't want to just turn around. Yeah, exactly. And he was you trying to tell the me. Commitment. They were pretty much telling me, like, you don't got a ticket. You're not on the bill. Like, even the people that are on the bill are supposed to have a ticket or a wristband mm-hmm. or whatever. So he was like, call someone on the radio. He's like, no one's responding, man. He's like, you're going to have to. And he's like, I was like, well, man, I'm supposed to be here. He's like, well, you're going to have to pull the side or something. <laughs> and I was just chilling there. And I was just, like, not trying to leave. I was, like, persistent, you know? Oh, yeah. And he, the dude walks up to my car, and I actually had a red, like, tray from in and out and had, like, some rolling papers in uh-huh. it. And he uh, looks at that, and he said, oh, man, he said, that's funny. I have the same rolling tray. <laughs> yeah. He said, from in and out Burger, right? Yeah, and yeah, I was yeah. like, oh, shoot. I was like, yeah. I definitely gaffled me one of those. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, it was, you know, it's not like I go over there just with intentions of taking it. No, but no. It's but like, it's like, oh, it's, damn, I walked away with it. Like, one, though, you yeah, know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It lasts forever. Exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, and he, so I started talking to him off that, and I really gave this dude some weed, and he let me in. Damn. Like, that's how it worked. All that persistence. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, and it was great, and I went in there, and... Um, did you get? Did you go on set, too? Did you this, I don't know how this story even came about, but... Uh, it's beautiful. Oh, talking about why. You asked me why I moved back to Reno. Yeah, yeah so I ended up... I did perform that night, actually. I ended Ooh. up performing that night, and it was great. <laughs> It was great. It went really well. It was like the first time I performed without my sunglasses because I had always been like, I'm a real like shy dude. Mm-hmm. I get kind of nervous and stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah. So like I had my sunglasses in my pocket and I took them out and I was like, nah, man. I was like, it's nighttime. I was like, I ain't going to wear these. Like yeah. I usually like rap during the day or something. And I was like, this is weird. <laughs> I was like, I'm inside of a building. And I was like, I, I can't be doing this right now. I feel weird, you know? And it just like kind of like clicked something in my head because before I just had a problem like when I was on stage looking people in their eye like I feel so weird you know like spooked or something I'm like oh man this feels weird <laughs> so I, boom I, that incident right there is kind of when I got over it and that incident right there that day is kind of like when I decided I was gonna move back to Reno so that's why I guess I was leading into that that's how I answered your question I went to that festival that's awesome and then yeah. you came here yeah. 
And they were telling me, yeah, I'm moving into a new house. And I was like, cool. And they're like, we could get another roommate, too. And mm-hmm. I was like, all right, I guess I'm going to move to Reno. Look what happens when you don't wear your sunglasses and yeah. you can see clearly. You're just, uh, you're just like <laughs> a little persistence. Yeah. yeah you know what I'm a little saying? persistence and some clear sight. That's it, you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Dude, vision. Keep the vision clear. What's Hyro say, right? Um, keep the vision clear as day. Yeah. Boom. Uh-huh. So uh, where did the idea for the speakeasy events come from, like, once you moved oh, back here? Yeah, especially you've only been here, like, a year. This oh, is good. man. Well, when I first came out here, like, there was some events that I was, like, performing at and stuff. But I didn't feel like it was really, like, always hip-hop, like, to the core. Like, I didn't wasn't reaching out the right audience or something. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I just noticed there wasn't, like, a lot of, like, hip-hop stuff going on that I could perform at. And that my friends that I knew could perform at. And I just, like, I hit up, like, you were talking about Josue. He was one of the first people that came out. Hit up them. And I hit up some of my friends. And I was like, man, we need to do a beat battle out here. And we need to, like, get all the homies together and just, like, rap and have a beat battle. And it was just kind of like that. It was just, like, the homies kicking it, like, that's awesome, doing our thing. Yeah. Because there wasn't a platform. So it's like, yeah. let's make, let's just have our own. But you like, made your own. Yeah. yeah. Like, not everyone thinks like that. Not everyone moves uh-huh. like that. Yeah. yeah, especially like here because we we talk about this all the time how the scene has changed it just blew my mind because mm-hmm. coming from the bay area it's like there's so many different there's so many stuff yeah man. like every weekend yeah. it's like oh am i gonna go to this uh-huh. am i gonna go to that and i came out here and i was like and damn not much hip-hop but there's hella hip but reno's no. hella hip-hop no though. it is but like not places not no you're right you're so right not, there's not, not much going to let on us, to let us no not a lot hip-hop. of outlets you're mm-hmm. right yeah and that's but, the thing because it's just like but it blew my mind because I no. was like, there's so much hip hop out mm-hmm. here. Like, you guys doing the hip hop show and like all my friends rapping and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, for real? I'm like, there's like, I only see like. It's under it's under the surface. Like, yeah. right now, all you see like that's uh, coming out here is like Blueface and all that stuff that's sponsored. And like, mm-hmm. that's cool, but it's a little bit of a different culture than the culture of the speakeasy. Yeah. Right, right. Mm-hmm. Right. A little less pop. Yeah. yeah. And, that, and that stuff's still cool. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, it's, it's, it's definitely it's, it's a part different, of it. Though. Yeah, it's, it's definitely it's a, a part, part of, of hip hop for mm-hmm. sure. But like, those shows are different than the show that we try to put on with the speakeasy. Yeah, it's like uh, yeah. what the binary stars say, like the hip hop and the hip hop. Yeah, one below is one of my favorites, yeah. man. And then yeah. so it's just like, yeah, it's just that, and like a lot of people, and I understand too, because venues like. You know, we do get a little wild and like sometimes shit does pop, I love that, pop off. And they're also know? racist. And I like also the party racist, too. Yeah. Oh, okay, but like, yeah. But like, you know, Some people start fighting. Sure, yeah. yeah. And then so like it's they stay away from hip hop, like straight hip hop shows. Sure. Yeah. And then it just kind of sucks because it's just like, like you said, there's so much in town. Yeah. Mm hmm. So. Well, going back further, what originally got you into hip hop music as like when you were younger? Oh, uh. Is there a person or was there a song or an album or like someone who like put you onto it? Yeah. I mean, my dad is, was a hip hop DJ in the eighties. So, uh, I kind of just like so grew up blood? on the early hip hop. Yeah. 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 My dad was one of the first hip hop DJs in the Bay area actually. Oh dang! Like he wasn't like a big dude or nothing, but he was in San Jose and he was spinning like in the early eighties, like, you know, Curtis Blow, Grandmaster Flash type stuff, you know? Tight. Nice, man. Tight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You didn't have your dad on the show. Breakdance. <laughs> like, break beats. All the B-boys yeah. would come out and, like, kind of, like, kind of scene. You know what I mean? It was also, like, part of, like, the San Jose, like, street race scene, too. Kind of, like, street racing and, like, B-boys and graffiti. Kind of, like, blended together. And MCing a little bit, but I don't think there was a lot of, like, MCs back then as much. It was still just like early. So you just, you just yeah. grew up in the. You just grew up with mm-hmm. it. Yeah, 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 definitely. 
Was there uh, like anyone when you were younger who you really who changed like, the game? Yeah, where you like heard and you're like, all right, this oh, is yeah, like, yeah. This, this shit is for me. Like, <laughs> yeah. So like, my dad would always play all that stuff, right? Like, I remember him always playing like stuff, and I'm not even like a big fan of all of it, like Sugar Hill Gang. It's all, it's all right, you know what I mean? I like mm-hmm. that stuff, but um, when my older stepbrother Jay Mel he bought me Illmatic, and it was written. He gave me those two albums. Uh, I was like yeah, 13. He was good. like, he was like, you like hip hop, huh? He uh-huh. heard me. He always seen me with my headphones on mm-hmm. everywhere I go. I had my headphones. He was like, you, you like hip hop, huh? He's like, here you go. And I, I was like, blew my mind because I only yeah. knew like Tupac and Biggie uh-huh. and like the stuff my dad showed me. Yeah, I didn't yeah. know nothing about lyricism like yeah. that. Yeah, dude. That, and what's funny? I was listening to Stillmatic because like uh, someone reminded me of that one Mike song. Oh yeah, yeah. And yeah. then I was just like, but yeah. I, it was written in Illmatic though. Yeah, I know, I know. But oh, like, but yeah, yeah I still like, like that album too. Yeah, and like Illmatic to, to for Nas to come out like, like what sixteen, seventeen years old, obviously wrote all the stuff like a year or two before. I had this and conversation. Only one feature, one feature. I had this conversation with uh, one of my students the other day because he was like. They were like talking about nerd, and I'm like, you know, it's not bad to be a nerd. I'm like, I'm a hip hop nerd, and like, he's like, I am too. I'm like, obviously, that's why we always talk about it. Yeah. But, uh, and like, it just randomly, um, Shook Ones came on, mm-hmm. and because I just had like a 90s hip hop playlist playing, and then Nas came on, um, The Message right from, uh, uh I Am. I Am, yeah. Um, and I was okay. like, I was like, you know what's crazy? I'm like, that's Both a Dr. Of them? Dre beat, huh? Is that the one? Yeah. Okay. Okay. I was like, the craziest thing is like both of these guys, I'm like Prodigy and Nas, I'm like, okay, they wrote yeah. their, these albums when they were your age, bro. Mm-hmm. And he's like, he's like, oh, I heard, I love this song. I'm like, yeah. I'm like, think about that. This is what he was rapping about when he was your what age. he was going through. He's Damn. like, that's crazy, Mr. I was like, yeah. He's like, he's like, well, you look. He's like, because some of these kids now just be rapping about partying and stuff. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, like w- imagine what kind of life he had lived at your age at 16 for him to be writing and rapping about this like real life shit he's like damn he's like oh. he's like this is crazy mm-hmm. i'm like that's why you need to listen to the radio show bro we just yeah. keep dropping knowledge like I know. this no, I was just rapping like a grown ass man yeah. already when uh-huh. he was 18 and I must say, because he's one of my favorite rappers and like one of my biggest influences, but like I feel like he's the only one I could look back and every album gets be- better the further I look back like all he stuff, all that stuff he wrote when he was young, and my favorite mm-hmm. album by him is Illmatic. Oh yeah, and I was like, I remember I had those two albums, and I was like, this one it was written. I was always like, yeah, I had a couple more songs, but I was like, I like this one better. Mm-hmm. Stillmatic is really tight. Actually, I kind of like Still. No, nah, I still <laughs> like it was written more than Don't Stillmatic. <laughs> but but it's like they progressively like got worse. Like your progressive. Well, he like, set the bar so high no, for himself. No, because he had like Lars Professor, oh DJ Premier. He had like he set the bar he, so uh, high Lord, for himself. Lord Finesse, like they those are like big game producers, and they produced that first album. Oh, he man. had so much to say because we have uh, a we have a little thing when we always talk about like when people come out with their first album and then they get picked up by a label and then like the second album is different because now different they, pressures now, different now they got a little expectations yeah more now, people in their ear now they got a little bit of money they're not living like they were plus living. though mm-hmm. also with nas is it was the time period mm-hmm. like that was hip-hop's like hip-hop had already like you know been around for 10 years but they were like the first people who came up with hip hop as like an art form that was mm. viable for them. So mm. they were just in the perfect time frame 
to make those albums. Like you couldn't, you can't recreate that now. No, because yeah. we talk about making like a when a classic album comes out. There's some, there's something culturally that's going on that you know you that, capture that album has to be at that right place and one in the right time. Like for me, like recently, uh, Good Kid, Mad City. You know, yeah. for me, that was like one of those instant classic albums because it was just like at a pivotal point in like so much that's going on. In the yeah, culture. yeah, I agree with you on that. That's because when you look classic, around that time, yeah. there's so many good albums coming out mm-hmm. that your shit had to be fire. It yeah. had to be like, like if you weren't so if you weren't fucking good, like he wouldn't get played. You mm-hmm. weren't going to get noticed. Also, and, when he dropped that, like there was a lot of tension between the different styles of hip hop because mm-hmm. hip hop had been evolving. Yeah. And it was like some people were like, I'm only sticking to this sound. And he was like, I'm going to put all the different sounds of hip hop on this album. And no yeah. one was really doing that when he did that. Mm-hmm. He kind of bridged the gap a little bit with that album. And only with one feature, AZ. And if you think about it, he mm-hmm. named it like that too. Like uh-huh. Good Kid is like that Pharrell joint or that, is it, I think Chad Hugo helped him on there too. It's like a, uh, what do you call it, Neptune's joint? It's like oh, hella yeah. hip hop. Mm-hmm. It's like organic sounding. Yeah. And then, and then uh, Bat- Mad City is like a trap beat. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. so he's like, "Yo, here's like the two different." But yeah. you need artists like like oh, not every artist can do that. Can see everything and put it all through their style. Yeah, yeah. like you said, some people are going to be like, "This is my style. I'm not going to fuck with that. This is my style." That's why I'm always impressed when someone can make an album, like an album, or do something that's not what they're normally traditionally. Used to doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. definitely. When they go southpaw on you, you know, those are great albums. Like. Mm-hmm. That's why Those I always respected about uh, Kendrick is for paving the way a little bit. Like he kind of mm-hmm. just does that, does his own yeah. thing. Yeah, and it's not opens a, the door. Everyone wants to follow him exactly. and bite his style after. And like being from LA and like Compton, he's not like thugging. You know, like yeah, that's yeah, like yeah. another thing too. You know, like but he has that respect. It's a big yeah. identity of mm-hmm. who you are out who there. Who you are, and sure. Like where where you are in your life and seeing everything going on around you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, how did you get into music, like performing wise, like rapping? Like, when did you first start doing that? Like, I'm I'm gonna get up there, and, you know. I can remember being like a high school, like in my friend's <laughs> basement, trying to rap. Like, this is <laughs> how do you fucking do this? Like, playing, you know, him having turntables, playing beats, and oh, us just sitting there, like first time rapping for sure. It was every day after school, I would beat up with the same group of guys, and we'd all like smoke a blunt. <laughs> that was the thing, you know. We just meet up and. Everyone just start freestyling after you just like smoke beats will be playing and just like start rapping like over songs where there's already vocals recorded on them. It's like we didn't even got a beat played. It's just like there's a song playing and someone just start rapping yeah. over it. Like, okay, for sure. It's hard to get instrumental sometimes. And then the beat stop playing and then you just going acapella mm-hmm. and talking shit about the homies and just yeah. like poking fun at each other and just like that's pretty much what we do is like talk shit about each other <laughs> that's how it was like we we're battling each other if you can't talk shit to your friend but it was all it was all for laughs though mm-hmm. you know yeah <laughs> and then uh what got you from into there making what, beats yeah where did you get like because yeah. you do you know you rap but you also yeah, make yeah, beats yeah. how'd you get started with that so i mean like when i first i never like really thought i was gonna start rapping but i just had to live life a little bit and then i just feel like i got a lot of stuff to say and it's the only way that people are going to listen to me. You know what I mean? So it's like a way to channel that. So, you know, I was just like messing around at first. And then uh, I just like went through a lot of traumatic stuff in my life. And I just had to like kind of let it out somehow. You know, I didn't go to therapy or like too good thing. I didn't get like too into drugs or like do anything crazy. You know what I mean? But I just that was my outlet. You know what I mean? I didn't really make Writing. beats. Yeah. 
I'll just find like beats that are already there, like Pete Rock instrumentals or something, you know, and it's like right to those. And it was just a way to like get it out because I think once I like got it out, got it on a paper and was saying it, it was like therapeutic, you know what I mean? Like I'll be saying some like depressing stuff. Like you're talking about Nas, you don't want to hear my stuff from back then. It sucked. <laughs> it sucked. It was uh-huh. super depressing. And if I had recorded it back then, I probably would have sounded horrible too. <laughs> like yeah, yeah, because like if you don't have really life life experience, it's hard to you know do stuff like that. I did one song like just because my homies wanted me to when I was like 16. It was the first song I ever did. It's called Where My Goons At. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, man. And it was just, it was stupid, you know. I was just like spitting some bars or something. Um, But after that, they were like, yo, it sounded good. It sounded good. So then I was like, okay. And then that's when I started kind of like taking it more serious, you know. And then I was like, but I'm not trying to do it like you guys, though. Like all my friends, we were like growing up in the hyphy era, you know. Mm -hmm. Like the Mm -hmm. early thousands and stuff. And 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 I loved that stuff, but it just wasn't like my... You know, I was always a hip, everyone, like yeah. a super hip hop dude, and I still love that stuff, and that's what my friends were doing. But I was like, I'm gonna do my own thing. Like you guys do that, and I'm just right to the Pete Rock beats. You know what <laughs> I mean? Like, <laughs> but like that's knowing yourself too. Uh-huh. Like, yeah, yeah. You know, are you following a trend? Or are you being true to yourself? Right, right. I just, you know, I was just like doing what they were doing. I was following a trend when I did that song, you know. But it didn't like hearing those beats didn't make me want to like spill my heart out or something, you know. Yeah. Didn't inspire you to, you know, yeah, put yeah. some real bars out there. Right, right. Yeah. So what, what do you enjoy doing that more now, like writing or, or the beat making? Uh, I'm always going to be a writer, man. Definitely. Because that's what, got me, that's what uh, got me through a lot of tough times. I've been making a lot of beats lately, though. That's why I kind of hesitate when I say that, because I've been in pro- producer mode a lot. And I love making beats, too. And it's a big part of what I do now. But I never even would have started making beats if I didn't, like, start writing. Because the only reason I made beats is because I didn't have beats. Like, I'm over here talking about writing the Pete Rock beats. Yeah. I didn't have beats. Mm-hmm. And I remember, like, going online, looking on beat websites, and it was like, I'm not feeling any of these beats. These are, <laughs> they're trying to be hip-hop or whatever, yeah. but it ain't. And then I was, like, listening to it. I was like, you know, I, I was like, I don't get it. Like, I'll listen to these beats. And it's like they're sampling, like, pianos or whatever and doing this thing. And I was like, but it don't sound like... DJ Premier, Pete Rock mm-hmm. or something. So I started doing the research and I was like, oh, I got to get an NPC. And that's when I did that. And I was like, okay. <laughs> I was like, here we go. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, it's different when you're like getting sound packs or when you're sampling drums off a record. You yeah. Know? Has a different sound to it. Did you just teach yourself like watching YouTube videos? Nah, actually, shout out to uh, my friend Anthony Stuber, DJ Cancer from uh, Las Vegas. Or he's from Cleveland. Everyone talk, he, but he lives in Boulder City. Uh, I met him through my friend Blue. Went to UNR my freshman year. That's why I uh, was back here in 2010. I met my friend uh, Blue, and he introduced me to this dude. We went down to Vegas, and uh, he, he, like, really, like, showed me how to do a lot. DJ, and they make, even though my dad was a DJ, like, I didn't really learn that from my dad too much. Like, he really showed me. He's like, okay. He's like, how you scratch? He was like, try scratching like this. Try scratching with this hand. Try the fader on this side, this side. He's like, all right. He's like, I tell this is what you're comfortable doing. You know what I mean? Because, you know, you could, you could like, be left-handed or right-handed on the record, and then you can also be, like, doing hamster style or regular style. So mm-hmm. He kind of t- showed you the the tech the technical side yeah he was like really testing me out he's like i want to hear you do it on this hand he was like okay he's like he's like he's like you really sound good on this one you know what i mean you really sound good when you do it like this he's like that's your natural flow and i was like okay 
He's like, this is how you sample a record. You feel me? He was like, this is how you chop a drum break. He's yeah. like, you got to get in there and set the start point, all that stuff. I was like, okay. That's awesome. DJ Cancer, mm-hmm. shout out. Yeah. Got to start somewhere. And this man, like, he's he's a little older, so he been around. Like, he got SP-1200 and all that, but he still stayed modern. And uh, he would call me and be on the phone with me telling me about Ableton Live. And he was paying, like, $100 an hour for Ableton Live instructor to come to his house and after his lesson, he would just call me and relay the information to me, like just on the just on the strength, like yeah, you know, awesome. just on the love. So I got much Each love one for teach that one. dude. Pass yeah. on the knowledge. Yeah, exactly. definitely one of my teachers right there, DJ mm-hmm. Cancer. So uh, I know we already talked a little bit about like musical inspiration, like Nas. Is there anybody else? And like on the production side, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, everybody knows like there wouldn't be Nas without a. Uh, like Cool G Rap, I see that right up there. Yeah, yeah, we always talk or about Rock cool Him. G rap. Everyone rock thinks him. of Rock Him when they think of uh, Nas, but it's like Cool G Rap was like one of the first storytellers yeah. like that. Mm-hmm. And then, it, you know, Illmatic's like he's telling all these street stories, but, you know, he got that from Cool G Rap. Like, mm-hmm. I know he had to have been listening to Cool G exactly. Rap when he was writing that. So mm-hmm. he was trying to do that thing. Um, and I lose, I'm big, big influence of mine, too. I'm a, you know, I, I really like KRS-One, too, honestly. Mm-hmm. The teacher. Yeah, the preacher. Real. And yeah. to this day, like, he came out to Reno, like, what was Jub Jub's not mm-hmm. too long ago? And, oh, man, his energy up there, he just, See, ooh, you feel he that. He always you know? puts on a great show, and he's probably that. pushing, like, 50, 60 years oh, old. Oh, man, and he's so, doing so. it just as good as when he was that mm-hmm. young. So this is DJ Soros. Just yeah. met him last week. Posted pictures on the gram with him. Did you yeah. see okay, that? Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. Down in uh, Oakland um, this, this past weekend. Yeah, because I think Oakland, uh, they had, like, Sway. Sway. Yeah, Sway, yeah. sway Day. He, he has Sway Day, Sway Fest. You know, they have a day for him out there in Oakland. Okay, yeah. And that was on Friday, and but a bunch of people showed up, and like, yeah. And we need to go out there more often. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, on the production tip, I already told you guys, I like Pete Rock and Premier. You know, that's like some classic stuff, right? And I'm a, I'm a big uh, fan of Jay Dilla. I was a big fan of Jay Dilla before I knew who he was. Like all the songs that he produced for other people were my favorite songs by them, and I didn't even know it. Didn't even know until you like and I was, research. Yeah, well, I got a little older. I'm like, damn, like I love all these songs that he produced for all these different people. Like that's that's a lot of things people don't realize because he didn't really like flaunt or put a bit tag on his beats or really mm-hmm. put it out there. But he produced you know dope music for even for every, so Janet many Jackson, people. like everybody, mm-hmm. everybody. Yeah, good stuff. Like their best music produced mm-hmm. by Jay Dilla. You yeah. know what I mean? Like. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So, it's probably my favorite producer. I don't want to be generic, but it really is, though. Um, the Alchemist. Yeah. Pal, Alchemist. he's our pal. <laughs> and he, he learned from DJ Premier, but sound nothing like Premier, so I respect yeah. that. No, it's good. And I'm an ASR 10 dude, too, so I really look up to Al. Uh-huh. Um, Ski Beats. Hey, Ski Beats is one of my favorites right now. He's still going hard. What I like about Ski Beats is he's still growing. He's still yeah. like he's still like maturing as an stay artist. Around, you have yeah. to, yeah. You know, like some of these cats kind of like plateaued a little bit. Mm-hmm. I'm not gonna lie, but he's like innovating still. He's like inspiring me. With he got the MPC live. He's doing like some modular synthesizer stuff, or you know what I mean. He's over here like doing crazy things that never been done yet. You know, he got that switched on BAP. Have you heard that? No. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's doing all that. Uh, is that what it's called? The modular sense. You got like all the wires you're plugging in, like the quarter inch cables mm-hmm. in, like that big ass board with the different like, like a inputs telephone on board. it. 
Like basically, basically the sound that it out, it's a synthesizer. It's an early synthesizer. And the sound that's output from the synthesizer is kind of like, it sounds like, it's kind of like trippy. Like it's not really like you can control it like with a keyboard or something, you know? Like you really got to experiment. You're like, I'm going to unplug this one and plug it okay, in over here. So it's kind of just like, you're not sure what's going to happen. Just imagine yeah. like hundreds to a thousand yeah, different close to, close to a thousand different like quarter inch little inputs in front of you, and you're like plugging wires into them, different random combinations to Just get to a, see what kind of tone you're gonna get. Yes, so much experimentation involved, oh. and then you get a weird sound, and then he'll like sample it in and make a beat out of it. You need a whole beat tape of like that. It's like super broken beat, swung, lo-fi esque hip hop beats switched on bat. That's crazy. Yeah, and you know this dude. You know everyone knows him for producing Dead Presidents for Jay Z, and they still talk about that. But I'm like, you guys aren't even listening to the stuff he's doing now. It's like really dope. Yeah. Are there any new producers you're really into? Um. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Like, I'm a big fan of Knowledge. Everyone's uh, Mm -hmm. heard his work with Anderson Pack and stuff like that. But a lot of his stuff that he was putting out before that, just on SoundCloud, I was listening to, and I was like, this dude is tight. Like, Mm -hmm. I knew him for a long time. I kind of mentioned earlier Adrian Young. Yeah. yeah. He's, he's one of my favorite producers that I really follow. And uh, Ill Mind, you know him? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Also a big fan of him. Um, yeah, because he did like the Joel. I mean, these guys one. aren't really young producers, but they're producing new music. New music, mm-hmm. I guess. Yeah. yeah. They're more relevant now. Because like Ill Mind also did like a, like a little beat package back in the day and he's how like how many young producers are there though yeah. it's like these guys are yeah. making beats for 10 years mm-hmm. in the basement before they got any notoriety right but that's how it starts you know yeah, you yeah. gotta grind especially i feel like now because anyone can make beats so there's just so many people out there doing it yeah that to really set yourself apart from everyone you have to be good right you have like to spend that time for sure like back in the day you had to go to the studio like yeah. not everybody owned mm-hmm. a damn mpc yeah, like right. NPCs are cheaper now than they were back then, and back then shit didn't cost as much. Exactly. Like you want to buy an NPC in the nineties, yeah. that shit was like at least two, three bands. Yeah. Now you can buy it and buy it a beat machine for two, three hundred bucks. And like, and we're you know, come on now. Yeah, yeah. That's the, like, so it lowers the bar serious. one way, yeah. but yeah. then you know everyone thinks they can make beats. So like, yeah, everyone for the people who know, the you really got to accept. You know, yeah. set yourself apart by putting saw, in that work. I saw a meme that had me rolling, and it was basically like one octave on a keyboard. It was just like the seven notes, and it was a MIDI controller with just the one octave. And it was like, yo, you could use this to produce every hit from like 2017 or uh, yeah, something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was, I was dying. Yeah. I was like, oh shoot. I was like, it's kind of true, mm-hmm. man. It's crazy because, oh. like, you know how, like, you you were saying stuff and costs like back in the day. I saw this interview with like Will Smith and um, he was just like, you had to be really good to to even like go into a studio and get re- someone That's to record. That's what I'm saying. You yeah. had to be like on point, like so, with the Nas album, you know, like you had to be super good to even like get invited to go into a studio because like those guys didn't have any money. There was some kind of like seriousness about it. If you were an artist that you put music out, you were an artist. Now, every day mm. people put music out. But that's like we talked. So it doesn't last, mean much. They're like, we oh, talked this dude last got a mixtape. Like, this dude got not a everyone's an artist. Like, mm-hmm. there's people making music just for making music, or there's yeah. people like now you make a TikTok video and you become famous. Yeah, because yeah, your yeah. shit went viral. Like, little it has Nas nothing X. to do with little ability. Has nothing to do with quality. It's because it went viral, mm-hmm, or like sure. someone did something funny to it and it just spread and became famous. Right, like some of the way that people commented on it or something. Exactly. Sure. That's all that matters now. Mm-hmm. 
Mm. Whereas before, you had to have talent even to get noticed. Sure. So I think that's why, you know, like nowadays, you know, people talk about streams, like what is good music. I feel like if you're a fan of of art, like of artistry in music, you're going to be drawn to certain people in certain things and i think that's what you know you need to judge the quality on not how many streams someone has or sure mm-hmm. how popular shit is i don't even judge people by their streams or follows anymore because you can just buy that shit yeah, mm-hmm. yeah jay cole talks about it all the time yeah. like yeah you really can there's just all kinds of robots out there following people and it's actually not hard to see like you see somebody it's like they jump up and they got hella followers like let me see who's following them and it's a bunch of like mm. weird ass accounts yeah with like no followers yeah, or it's yeah, just yeah. like one follower like like do it like you it know people be, have crazy fans. it does help in some ways though it might help you book a show where you get paid for that show mm-hmm. no, it, it does because so, it's just like if you don't you're I, still getting judged on it yeah you are in some ways i it's have like, some friends that or people have music associates where i've seen that and i know for a fact and i I'm not hating, but I mm-hmm. I know they know, you know what I mean. And yeah. It's just like okay, like how many people are really coming to your show? It's just if a you facade. Got streams, it's yeah. a facade, uh-huh. right? Exactly. But it does help in some ways. So I see it. It's like it's an investment in yourself. It's a hustle to make some mm-hmm. money or whatever too. But it's just, are you in it for the longevity? Because at the end of the day, like we don't even know what people are going to be using in 10 years. It's probably not going to be Instagram. Yeah. Like 10 years ago, it wasn't uh-huh. Instagram. Like, I, don't, I, don't really I mean, they have, they like, have shit for podcasts where uh-huh. you can pay, you know, 50 bucks and, you know, some farm in India, like some website farm in India will create a bunch of fake accounts, yeah. download your podcast. Yeah. So like it becomes trending on whatever sure. site and then sure. you, people, you get bumped, you get bumps from that. Like, but do you have a true following that'll exactly, follow like, you what is that? Through, through the times, through the social media changes yeah. and shit? See, I, I, you know, I'm an artist too and I'm, I'm trying to build a following of people that, you know, 10 years down the road, no one's using Instagram. It's like they still know my music. They know mm-hmm. me personally or whatever. Like, you know what I mean? Like. It's grown stuff organically. It's and organic. It's just, and and it's, real. You can't, you can't buy organic. Mm-hmm. You know, Genuinely. You could, you could buy the social media thing, All but it, want, yeah. it doesn't last forever. It's mm-hmm. just a It's little, funny, too, yeah. where, like, uh, I think Little Nas X was like, he's going to take some time off right now, I think he said. And I was like. That dude needs to be grinding hell hard, dude, or else no one's gonna know who he is. Time to take time yeah. off right now. No, yeah. and this funny, is not like, the time. You caught lightning in a bottle. Yeah. You need to be grinding as hard as you can. But have you guys heard oh, his album? No. Though? no, his album just sounds like. Because I was just like, because I think ha- I think we did that. Wonder. I did that cowboy thing for uh, Holland, you know, and like Little, Little Nas X was like a topic. So I was like, might as well listen to this fucker's album, right? Yeah, it's just like a hosh posh of like different genres. So there's like something that sounds trappy and there's something that sounds like very like hip hop ish, you know, and like there was no consistency. There was nothing. He was just trying to. Well, like, it was just like when people like, oh, he just started rapping six months ago. You're like, he don't know. Yeah. Well, I didn't even really know if he was considered a rapper. No, no. Not, but like singer, the thing is, he got famous. Right? He got famous off TikTok and he was like making fun of a song or whatever. Yeah. Like it was part of like a challenge. And it. And then it, it like caught on. And then it, yeah. And then it caught on. And then Billy Ray Cyrus went on there. And then oh like, no, that's how they did that. Cause yeah. he was doing that voice as a parody. Mm-hmm. Oh no. Yeah. I was wondering, I was like, why is he talking in this voice? I was like, does he talk like this? Like mm-hmm. what even led to that? And that's so now the thing. You, now I know. And like, he's winning now fucking awards and shit. And I'm but like, like yo. the thing is, is like the people who are listening to that song aren't hip hop fans and mm-hmm. they're not country fans. Yeah. I know. Is it considered hip hop? 
Is that considered We had a hip-hop? whole conversation about it. We're like, nah. No. Not like, really. Nah. No, no that's like, that's the thing. No, it's not yeah. hip-hop. And it's not really country music either. So it's just like. It's just pop. It's just pop music. Yeah. And yeah. the only reason it's a thing is because it's popular. Yeah. Yeah, it's just pop. If someone played that song two, like three years ago before the fame, like you would be like, what the fuck is this? I know, man. And the dude that made that beat for Old Town Road, I actually, I was just talking about that uh, ill mind. I was listening to him. He talks a lot. He talks about like mm-hmm. how he got to where he's at or whatever. He was like, yeah, my friend that produced that beat for uh, Lil Nas X, you know, he was he was fucking with Lil Nas X when Lil Nas X had like 500 followers. Mm. You know, and, and I'm like, I could see that. It's just like some random dude. And mm-hmm. then I listen to the beat. and I'm like, yeah, the beat's like, it's all right. Yeah. Like it ain't like blowing my mind or nothing. It's just a little trap yeah. beat. Like, yeah. You feel me? Like I'm with just a little like, little country swag. Ain't even much on it. Yeah. yeah. I'm just like, OK. Uh-huh. And yo, that is like the most like biggest record of all time supposedly something ridiculous oh they say it's the biggest record of all time because it, like because really? it was on like three billboard charts. hey but you know what mm-hmm. i believe it like my ex-girl her little nephews came up and one of them's two and one of them seven and they had that song on that's repeat. the thing that's the thing and like, these little kids little are on kids, ipads man that's the thing is who's listening to it it's a little like and these you know, kids are, my the ones old, that are on the ipad all day long we at my old school like long. sixth graders Loved. Everyone knew that. They knew every fucking word to that song. They're the ones that have the time to even listen to it, stream it all day long, too. But older kids, older shit, kids right? are like, this shit's whack. Yeah. But who's consuming? And then, like, parents are going to be like, oh, this song's harmless. That is the smartest thing to do is appeal mm-hmm. to these people because now they Consumers. have access to technology. Like, back in the day, appealing to kids would be stupid. They're not about to buy your record. And then they don't have money. Yeah, they don't have money. But nowadays, it's like the bit, the best audience to have because if we're talking about streams and stuff, these kids all have phones and iPads at a young age and they they're have just all the time in streaming. the world to stream. Yeah, and their isn't parents pay for everything. That's like, why Fortnite... Isn't that I weird? mean, look at Fortnite. And nobody's buying music. Look at so, Fortnite. Yeah. Oh, man. Like, like yeah. that. Game, that's a free game mm-hmm. that makes so much money because... It's just a bunch of Yo, fucking little kids. We live in a kid that's being it. dictated by kids now, dude. No, Is it's that what and I'm it's crazy because we talked about that. Like Fortnite, <laughs> the winner of Fortnite made more money than uh, like the Grand Slam champion in tennis. Isn't that insane? How crazy is that? Well, it's because of you know the demand of the, the audience that the streams. streams. Yeah, Skynet. Yeah. Skynet knows what it's doing. It's, it's insane. That's insane. Scary, I'm having scary, some realizations right now. It's kind of time. blowing my mind. Yeah. Actually, should yeah. we take a break? <laughs> yeah. So uh, let's take a break. What's let's, your song of the week, Caesar? Uh, we got next by Toby Nwigwe and his new fucking album. Uh, what's that? For original? I don't. For original, yeah. For original. Yeah. You sent it to me the other day. Yeah. So uh, we already played the one with Paul Wow. And this we'll is talk a, more about Paul Wall later. Yeah, definitely. Paul Wall, huh? Yeah, interesting but, topic of discussion. But uh, it's uh, "We Got Next" by Toby Nwigwe. Listen and enjoy. Salute. Been on my way for a while now. I took steps. We got now, don't ask how, just ask when, take a bow for the ones who came before us, cause we ain't them, I spit a hymn, straight at your brim, nasty as phlegm, then I eat bro, I don't pretend, when I get a pen, for some M's, I'm talking plural, don't know what to do with me, every defender need a eulogy, I get my heart and purpose. 
perpetuity to all the stars from my community that ain't never got to shine and glisten, but still can analyze my diction. I murder every single rhyme I'm spitting. I teach you how to even dietitians. Give me a beat, nail if my feet swell. Don't trip, that mean I'm walking on it. If I'm derailed, I should be held as the one with balls like a swab of cotton for your ears to remove the sludge. I persevered through all kinds of mud. I have no fears. I shed tears for years, and then I appeared on those out of touch with what a goat look like. And I'm the able. I float the good height above what they used to set the bar for masters who have mastered how to manufacture classic chapters meant to capture those who hoped a lot and pastors dipped in castor oil. No more playwork to pass the Troy. And I said all that to furthermore explain that I've been on my way for a while now. I took steps. That was a uh, Caesar song of the week. We got next by Toby Dwigby. Uh, sorry, not sorry, because <laughs> game recognized game, and Toby's got so much game. We got to play him so much. So we much. play him a lot all the time. New album, but we're going to until you fucking are converted <laughs> and are listening to our mans. We were talking. Salute to uh, Vince from Magpie. You know, he's just like I love listening to him, and he even wreck. So he told me the story like, like I. Someone was at the coffee shop and was like, there's a lot of cussing here, you know, like blah, blah, blah. So he just like, all right, cool. And he put on Toby Nwigwe at Magpie and was like, the person was like, this person sounds hard. Are you sure there's not cussing? And it's like, <laughs> listen to the bars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Listen, you don't need a cuss, you know, like to be a rapper or anything like that. Just like be good with your words. That's dope. He does have next. Mm-hmm. And he's at now. Yeah. He's, he's present, when, past, and future. When Dave Chappelle and Erica Badu <laughs> messes him personally, saying, keep doing the good fucking work. That's some fucking shit. You definitely don't need to cuss, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Does it sound? No, yeah. you don't need to cuss, but. Yeah, because, I mean, we've played shows in my band, you know, where we, like, were playing, like, in front of little kids and stuff. And, like, mm. you know, it wasn't hard for me to, like, change a few words here and there. And, like, unless it's like meant to like show something then you cuss but like you don't need to be sometimes like that one year where little wayne was all over everything it was just like n-bomb after n-bomb like what yeah. right like he just like well loses blah, blah, its blah. power and exactly you know yeah and but like if it's gonna be meant for like a certain reason a certain like emotion you're well like to, everyone there you know, i think what killed it was eminem clown and will smith for it mm. back in the day yeah you know, like he yeah. he he roasted him for it, but you know, no one's gonna like who's gonna fuck with Toby Newigwe. I mean, Will Smith was tight. Yeah. I don't, personally, I would never want to hold myself to a standard of never cussing. Right, but, but as a writer, I cuss so much less than I do in real life. Exactly, like in real life, I'm like cussing all the time. But no, like, I cuss a lot. Yeah, but I don't realize till I'm sitting right here. I'm like, oh shit. I'm like, even see, I'm like mm. choosing my words differently, and even though there's no censorship, I'm just like trying to be more appropriate. But when you write, well, there's like a, a focus. As soon as you're on mm. the microphone, it's like you're trying to like realize how powerful your words are. Exactly. And like you don't want to like overuse like words like you're that. more intentional with your speaking. Mm-hmm. Man, yeah, definitely. And if you like choose to use a cuss word in your rap, like only once. Or not even on every song. Mm-hmm. That's that like lets people know that when you said it, it they're like, oh, There's he a felt that. For it. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Yeah, it has more power, for sure. And people should use that in the regular speaking. I know, like you know, as a right, teacher, right. 
I don't, you know, cuss in front of my students, and then they so they know if I do, like, there's a reason mm-hmm. for it. Yeah, yeah. Like they're like, oh my, like, okay. Like he, you know, especially since they cuss all the time. Yeah. But like, obviously, outside of work, you know, I speak to like they see how we interact with the teachers with each other compared to with them, and it's like it's important for them to see that. So that they just because when you're that age, you cuss, you know, just to cur- you know, just to hear it. Yeah, like yeah. The, the language they use. I'm like, hey man, like here in my like, classroom, it's a form of rebellion. Respect. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. And that's, and that's why I'm always like, look, I understand. Shoot, I'm, we all been there, right? Yeah, we all have. But like, you got to learn. I'm like, I talk like that when I'm sitting with my friends, like we are right now. It goes but like from if I'm in public, like yeah, like you know, mm-hmm. if I'm in public and there's kids around, like I'm not gonna, you know, because we have. We have a uh, preschool on our campus too, yeah. so like there's like 17 year olds walking around, four year olds. Sometimes they'll be like, "Look, there's just a bunch of little kids walking by," and like yeah. you think about the language you're using right now. Yeah, like how are you look? Yeah. Why are you doing it? Who are you rebelling against? There's no one in the hallway but you and a bunch of four year olds. Yeah, and like you cuss like to invoke and like help out with what you're trying to say emotionally you know mm-hmm. but sure. if it's just like in regular talking like yo what's up my you know and then stuff like that then it's just like you know or just yeah. using like yo, like fuck you bit like just mm-hmm. you know all the time yeah. it loses like you said it loses its meaning exactly but like anyways just mm-hmm. listen to toby in wig way all day you put up day. on some game mm-hmm. and maybe learn something about life yeah new album yeah. for originals out now yeah it came out okay. october 13th my mama's birthday Never heard this artist. There you go. Toby and Wigwig, straight out of Houston, H-Town. H-Town, that's why Paul and they're trying to get Chameleonaire. Mention uh, him in the memes. Uh, movie of the week, Caesar. So I went to go see Zombieland 2, the double tap with the lady, and it was actually, it made me feel like the first one. I've been like reading reviews, and they were like, you know, like kind of corny and stuff like that, but... I mean, the previews don't look that good. They don't, but it invoked like the same kind of like... Because, like, the first Zombieland was, like, funny. It was great. It was out of left field. And nobody knew it was coming. But And it had Bill Murray. Yeah. And then they they referenced that, too. Oh, do they? Yeah. So uh, I don't give a fuck if you haven't seen the show. That movie came out, like, 10 years ago. Yeah. But he, they call it, I almost, so Rosario Dawson almost, like, shot Woody Harrelson. And he's like, I almost murried you. (laughs) And they're like, what do you mean murried you? He's like, because he didn't say murder. And then they're like, yeah, I heard some guy shot Bill Murray and killed him because he thought he was a zombie. Because he was. Yeah. Yeah. And he's like, oh, what are you talking about? Like, that sucks so bad. And she's like, when I find the guy, I'm going to kill him, you know? And and he's like, I'm going to help you, you know? Like, (laughs) oh, it was so fucking good. But uh, it's just kind of like a good feeling, like the same. Like, like, like you said, Tommy Lang came out of left field, was fantastic because it was out of left field. And a little different twist on the usual zombie movies that we see. Right. It's but, not about the gore of the zombie. Like, yeah. And like the, the terror of the but zombies. Now, but now like you see it again, it it wasn't like out of the left field surprise, but it was still the same feeling. Like uh, like funny gory stuff, you know. They had that blonde haired girl that was fucking, you know, the ditzy uh, dumb girl. It just has a lot to do with timing, right? Mm-hmm. Like they could call it corny, but like, is the first one not? Yeah, the and first is it one not still, all intentionally yeah, exactly. done that way? Like, and like they had the same intro as the first one, but like obviously not as good. But because like the first one was fucking right. Like, well, and I feel like they lean into from mm-hmm. one of the previews where it's like, mm-hmm. doesn't he remind you of me? Like, yeah. So they're kind of like playing with the fact that you know they know they're not taking themselves too seriously. Exactly. Right. 
That's, and, then, and that's what it takes when you're making a comedy. Yeah. Yeah. And even in all like the things I saw, they were like, we were just waiting for a good script. Like, why? Why did it take ten years? You know, we're waiting on something good that we all agreed. Like every, like every, all four of us had to agree on this script. And this is the one I think it's the same dudes who wrote Deadpool and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah. It's like it's like we're talking about with Nas or whatever. Like yeah, they exactly. set the bar high and they waited ten years. So yeah, it's like so it's just like obviously it's not gonna feel that same, but it's still gets the tip of the. Remember when all that me. pressure was on mm-hmm. Dre to release something after mm-hmm. ten years? After yeah, the Chronic, and everyone's yeah. like, "What's he doing next?" He's like, "Oh, I'm working. I'm working." Mm-hmm. But you know, still making like, bangers though. They want know? him to make like the best thing they ever heard in the world. You know, it's like it's just crazy it's when it's like crazy that when always. you come out with something like yeah. that at the beginning of the, your career. I you feel know? like that's part of what's wrong with Kanye West. Mm-hmm. Like you, because he's just trying to top himself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then you, like you just become you just become obsessed with that, and it's not a way. Like Dave Chappelle, the same thing after he did Chappelle Show, like. Chappelle, like, Chappelle Show changed TV. Like, there's TV oh, before man, Chappelle definitely. Show. Mm-hmm. There's TV definitely. after Chappelle Show. What, you, you, you know, you may lower people talk about yeah. that, but that's true, man. And I witnessed mm-hmm. that growing up. I was yeah. like, yo. <laughs> I can't wait till these white people know what skeet skeet means. <laughs> it was like, last night, me and my girl were listening to. That was to, not okay before him to, to do what he <laughs> <was> right. <doing. laughs> We were listening to, uh, like, uh, a bunch of, like, R&B from, like, the early 2000s, like, some playlist. And I was like, oh, it's funny. Like, this is the music I was listening to in college. Like, when I was clubbing, this is what I was going out to. I was like, I don't really like it. I'm like, it's weird. It's, like, not 90s, you know, like, golden era. Mm-hmm. But it's, and I'm like, you know what it is? All this shit is, like, pre-Kanye West-influenced music. Yeah. And that's the difference. It's, like, post-golden era hip-hop, Shoot. but before, like, Kanye changed everything. Shoot. And I was like, mm. "That's why this that that little that weird era between like 2001 and like 2005 mm. is now because like by 2005 Kanye had taken over. Everyone was like, everyone mm. has changed like what they were doing because of the sounds he had come up with. And it's crazy how like he's developed because like back in the day he used to just sample a lot of soul music. Like everything he did with the Dipset, it was all sampled like Supremes and stuff right, like that. Right. And now look at him now, like." And even like on, people used to make fun of him, mm, if you, like or discount him because he used so many samples. Yeah, it, right. Yeah. But they were still great songs, right? You know? And they were still classics. And it, I heard everyone say like, not only that, but because he always speeds them up. Mm-hmm. He's like, man, you take an old soul sample, you speed it up, mm-hmm. Kanye West, man. <laughs> you know what I mean? And like yeah. people made fun of him for that, but then like he popularized the sound. So exactly. Like, that's what like, he was look hearing what in happened his head. afterwards. Like, yeah. That's what he was hearing. That's what he did. That's tight. And like, you know, as much as we make fun of him now, like I realized like listening last night, I'm like he's an artist, man. Like every song after a certain time period is influenced by what he Mm -hmm. did. Exactly. He's a leader. Mm-hmm. That's like his personality, right? Like I've heard people talk about him in the studio. They're like, "Man, he could make like a mediocre beat, make me feel like it's the hottest beat ever, just because how he's like presenting it to me." Mm-hmm. And like that's his. He's like a leader, right? Like he like he's like, "This is what we got to do. This is what I'm trying to do." Like, he has his vision and helps and helps out with it, you know. So much so that he wants to be like, "I could do anything. I could like put out these shoes or these clothes with holes in it, and y'all are gonna do it." I could, I can sell peasant clothes. That's how much of a leader, he, you know. That's how much people are gonna <laughs> just do what just, I think. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like some people will swear, but I mean, people just follow what he's doing. Yeah. So for it's him paving the far, way though. and like yeah. changing the way hip hop sound, most definitely. I can see why he, you know, it went to his head. It went to his head, but mm-hmm. also look what he did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, oh, and I, you know, mm-hmm. who am I to judge that? Like, who, I don't know how. I would, 
how you would take it. I feel yeah. like he's so far down the rabbit hole, but he must know that he's like full of shit right now. <laughs> but he's like too like caught up in his ego to like want to like go back on anything he said. He's like gonna keep going down that rabbit hole just to like stay like. <laughs> and that's, it's, that's but exactly he's smart right. enough. He must know. But he still makes great music. Yeah, he just like, doesn't want to admit. Right? I mean, does he make his music? That's my take on it. That's a little strong. Great music. What was the last great song he made? What's that one with Pusher T? Oh, Probably because of Pusher T. Runaway. He hasn't been making a lot of Runaway was fucking. Man. Runaway, yeah. we were listening because we were just listening to random. Runaway was 2010 because she's like, mm. that's the year she graduated college. She's like, oh shit. Runaway was 2010. Every once in a mm. while, he'll put a gem in there, like that mm. 20 hours, whatever. I was yeah, like, yeah. okay. When I heard that, I was like, this, this is pretty mm. cool. It's like Kanye. And then I heard the rest of the album. I was like, fuck. Man. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, shit. <laughs> Uh, well, we're going to talk about his boy next because it's uh, World News Time, Caesar. <laughs> so, uh, the supposed stable genius that is our president and is oh, friends with Kanye West had mm-hmm. multiple meltdowns this week. It was a great oh. week to be on Twitter because, like, shit's mm-hmm. heating up around him. Like, um, so he came out on Monday, made lies about, or, you know, told a story about what happened with the Ukraine shit. Mm-hmm. And then, like, the next day, one of the people went that was on the call and totally fucking went against contradicted him. what mm-hmm. he had said, and he, like, flipped out on him. Then he had a meeting with, uh, like, some Democrats, like Pelosi and Schumer. And in the middle of the meeting, he started yelling at them and, like, oh, lost man. his temper, and they got up and walked out on him. Then he, like, went on a fucking Twitter storm about it. Like, he's fucking losing. Like, the other day... Literally, Mike was like, "Like he's going to fucking randomly shoot off a nuke before he leaves office. <laughs> I'm like, bro, the fucking dementia is setting yes. in super hard. Like, mm. like how, like, do people not, re- this guy has some sort of mental illness at this point. Where are we right now, man? You're talking about the president. And the, like, he's the leader of the free world. Out and going on a world. Twitter rant, mm-hmm. bro. I've like, never even had a Twitter. Like, I thought it was kind of funny when I seen the NBA, like, or I was like watching NBA and you're like, tweet from right? Kevin Durant. And yeah. I'm like, right? I'm like, man, mm-hmm. now we got the president. Like, Donald Trump tweeted this. Yeah. I'm like, this is ridiculous, yeah. bro. Like, yeah, like the he's pre- like a little kid, man. Like, the president is like your fucking, you know, emotional fucking friend who like, can't gets, handle himself mad. on the internet. He gets mad. He's, yeah, he's, he's posted he, random shit on the internet. On, in, he's online. your comic relief of the day. He's like, like, bro, I don't even do that. He was like, how old are you? You're like ranting like mm-hmm. a like hell immature. Yeah, yeah, that's like what I was doing on MySpace back when I was fucking that's what 19. I'm that's what I'm saying. You on my top 10. Damn bitch. <laughs> he never he never grew up. Uh, he's still a kid in his head. Uh, yeah. I really r- firmly believe and that. And it's just so sad because it's immature. just like a lot of people follow him. A lot of people go with whatever he says. Very contradictive. Oh, he made racism like back in the forefront again. Because he's like, just like whatever comes to mind. There's no fucking no thought. Filter, like you yeah. said, it's like a it's like a teenager where you're just like you know, you catch them doing something, and they just tell a fucking lie I, that makes no sense. Yeah, and you're like, weird that doesn't make sense. And I, they're like, yeah, it does. I guarantee if you said shit, dick, and titties, he would fucking start laughing hysterically. Ugh. It's like someone who's never been forced to, like, grow up for real in the real world. And like, That's what happens when you're born fucking rich, and mm-hmm. your dad gives you millions of dollars in loans, and you just... Your dad gets you out of debt. No consequence. Sure. You know, like, no consequences your whole life. That's the thing, no consequences. That That's why he's not scared sure. about being impeached. He's just, like, points his finger at other people. He's like, no, you it did this. Tangent, like, yeah. I would blame other have, people. I would think that it's very likely w- why he's like that, mm-hmm. you know? I ain't no psychologist, but that makes a lot of sense, yeah. man. Ugh. 
Good thing I don't see him in it's real life. It's not that complicated. No consequence. He thinks he can get away with it, right? And it's crazy because mm-hmm. he's gotten away with more That's than what happens. any other president has gotten away with thus far. Mm-hmm. And that just blows my mind. You know, we appreciate a Nixon. Like, it's to the point where he fucks up. And, like, they don't even try and say that he's not. They don't even deny that he's lying. They don't even deny the shit he's doing. They try and tell you it's not that bad. <laughs> That's what That's it is, how yeah. fucked up it is. It's like, they're not up here saying he didn't do this shit. They're like, what's the big deal? Yeah. He's like he's like setting records. He's like <laughs> trying to like see how far you can go. As That's why it's dangerous, bro. Yeah. That's why it's dangerous because once you Very. shift that from like this isn't like once you shift from this is wrong to like who cares that it's wrong, it's a fucking slippery slope. I feel like he mm. wants to see how much he can get away with. And he can't help himself. And like with the no consequences thing, so he just like does whatever he wants because he knows nothing. That's the thing. He yeah. doesn't have to worry. He's not. He's not. He's playing. He's fucking, like, yo, my mm-hmm. dad has been cool with the Rockefellers and everything. My whole family this whole time been chill. We're set. He's like, I can do whatever I want. Mm-hmm. They ain't gonna do nothing to me. Mm-hmm. That's the mentality. He has. That's the mentality those people have. Dude. Yeah. But uh, yeah. So the NBA, because like you know, <clears throat> so the general manager of the Houston Rockets tweeted support for the protesters in hong kong in hong kong and we've been talking and about this for this weeks now. started a fucking shitstorm mm-hmm. because the nba has this huge partnership with china mm-hmm. and china canceled all of this shit like while mm-hmm. teams were over there like canceled all these events they're like, like millions banners, of dollars ripping. down mm-hmm. because of one person's tweet yeah oh, man. and then like lebron goes on there too well, off, a, off a tweet huh off a tweet I'm out like the loop man i didn't even hear about this <laughs> he was just like you know he was just like you know these people out there protesting for their rights you know and he was like i'm for human rights for everyone like oh that's you know, what, like, okay so that's why he, he was, was like for supporting yeah, them yeah. and the government in china's like 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 yao ming's in charge of like the chinese basketball association they canceled all the all the games they had mm-hmm. planned with the u.s they stopped showing the gate the nba games as like punishment and then, like the mm, NBA what? commissioner had to get involved and be like, you know, like he t- made they made him take the the tweet, down. the tweet down, and they're like, look, like the NBA tries to act like they're all fucking, you know, because they like supported all the players with their protests about Black Lives Matter and shit, but mm-hmm. they're like, as soon as it fucked with the money, look what happened. Yeah, and like uh, there's like a statistic where China watches more basketball, like they watch the finals. Uh, they watch more final games than the United States because they got more people that w- they just have yeah. more people. Mm-hmm. So they're like, they're like, look, like everyone's calling him out, like, look. And then LeBron fucked up. Yeah, he like did. <clears throat> LeBron was. Here's the thing. LeBron's point, and I understand. I agree with his point. He was mad because he's like, if a player had done this and cost the league millions and millions of dollars, that player would have gotten in trouble. And he's like, so the general managed something. He's like, see, he just popped off. He didn't understand what he was doing. And everyone's like saying, like, taking it as like he didn't understand what was going on at the protests. They're like, LeBron's like, no, he didn't understand the business, what he was fucking mm. up. Because yeah. he's like, this affected, like, the LeBron was, his team was over there. His jerseys were getting burnt. Like, people were fucking booing them and shit. And they're just there to play an exhibition game. Mm. But now, because of their, it's like they had to go through shit. And that's what he was talking about. Of course, he didn't say it right. Yeah, Everyone took he, it wrong. He was like, freedom of speech, like, it's good that you have it, but you have to learn how to use it. Yeah, and that thing. was his, oh, his like, point was like, mm-hmm. his point was like, look, I, I choose my words carefully, you know, when he does stuff, and I understand, like, he's like, I lose endorsements, I have to face consequences. He's like, if a player had said something like that and cost the league millions and millions of dollars, he would have gotten in trouble. Mm-hmm. Something should have that. It's hard to be in a position like he's in where every little thing you say – 
could be interpreted one way or exactly another. like when you first said it i'm like oh man why he said that and then i think about it for like five seconds and i'm like okay i kind of see where he's getting at maybe he didn't mean it like how I like people think him. he's speaking for everyone yeah, yeah, in this yeah, case yeah. he was just speaking for him and his mm-hmm. teammates and the their yeah. perspective as basketball players where he's like look like that's a fucking boss in this league and he's he fucked up and cost the league money and he didn't get in trouble. He's like, if I had done that and cost the league money or another player, like we would have got suspended or something would have happened. And yeah. that's all, you know. And like, all you got to do is say one thing that's <laughs> fucked up, and then you can even think back on it and be like, man, I fucked up. But like being in a it's position like said, that, yeah, yeah mm-hmm. it's like you're not ever gonna be like, you know, spectacular spot. And we'll never like, know exactly because like then they ask her like these other outspoken people in the league. And they were like, well, I'm not going to comment on that. Exactly. It's about like, if you could own up to when you're wrong or not. Mm-hmm. But it's also when it has to deal with money and like co- big corporations. It also is your fucking boss. That's the yeah. thing. Mm-hmm. I'm yeah. like, everyone's like shitting on LeBron. I'm like, um, if your boss goes and tells you you can't say, if the boss of your billion dollar corporation, the commissioner, comes and tells everyone not to say anything about this, uh, you're not going to say anything about this. Yeah. You know? Regardless of who you are, and that's what happened. Like Kerr was like, because then Trump called out Kerr because Kerr was like, Trump was like, oh, you know, Kerr and Popovich are willing to criticize their own government, but won't say anything bad about China. And they're like, that's because their commissioner said not to. Mm -hmm. Like, they already lost millions of dollars. Yeah, like whatever. And then Kerr was asked about it. He's like, oh, I was just. Trumpito's shiny object for the day. <laughs> yeah, he, I was just his his daily distraction. That's why he's, he's like, why is he worried about what I, as a basketball coach, mm-hmm. am saying about this? He's got way other problems. He's like, I'm just yeah, a yeah. distraction for him to throw at people. Mm-hmm. Definitely. So yeah. yeah, and it's just like, and it's just still so crazy that so like it just blows my mind right now because it's like there's that stuff going on in Hong Kong. There's shit going on in Ecuador. Shit was popping off in Chile. And, like, we don't even get to hear about, like, half that They're shit. They're fucking sitting here worried about, uh, mm. you know, fucking... And there's people out there fighting for their human rights, the not just, like... we've had a president that mm-hmm. just, like, wants to deflect everything that's mm-hmm. important and just feed us with this exactly. media nonsense. Yeah, then, He's like a reality TV president. Mm-hmm. China gets butt hurt. <laughs> China gets butt hurt. It's like a reality TV That's what it is. I mean, that's how he got famous. That's how he survives. That's how he operates. And people eat it up. Dumbass fucking... Yeah. Salute's basketball season's about to start. I'm, yeah. I'm excited to see how the Warriors are going to do this year and, and what's like, going to happen. I'm just like, because like both conferences are going to be a little bit more even now. Mm-hmm. And with the shit's wide open. Mm-hmm. Are you a big basketball fan? I don't keep up with basketball or any sports anymore, but I used to play basketball. I used to watch every single Warriors game when they used to lose all the time. <laughs> I used to go to all the Warriors games when they mm-hmm. used to lose, you know. And I, you know, I'm a big basketball fan, but I, I don't really keep up. I don't have cable. I haven't had TV in like five years, so I just see what I see on mm-hmm. social media and mm-hmm. stuff. Mm-hmm. Not on Twitter. <laughs> no, I've really, I've really fallen off. I used to it's keep up a, a lot. Thing, yeah, yeah. We were talking last week, like cable news and cable TV. Uh, cable news and all news on TV is really fucking bad for you. Yeah, yeah. So that's why I didn't even hear about this. Like, I just, I've been out the loop, man. Well, like this is just because, like. Uh, I've just like been following a lot of stuff. We've been talking about the Hong Kong yeah. shit for a while, but see, it's mm-hmm. good to hear about this. Like, this is making me like, man, I need to tune in your guys' uh, mm-hmm. radio show more often so I can like <laughs> yeah. hear about all these current events that uh-huh. pertain to me. Interesting topics. No, especially because like the Hong Kong, it's like about your like civil rights and right. stuff like yeah. that. Like that's this what is stuff I want to know about. And I they're using know about that. And like they've been yeah. using like hip hop rappers mm-hmm. in China 
to fucking spread government propaganda. Interesting. They like outlawed hip hop except for like certain government approved hip hop no groups. Way. And then those groups like spread the fucking official uh what propaganda. China, China it's like wants. they're just like what China does is like they're super direct when they do stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Like there's no like but I feel like that's somewhat what they try to do here too. Exactly. It's not as direct. Like they try to cover it up, like make it not seem like that's what they're doing. They, yeah, they're just way more baller about it out there. Yeah, yeah. they're just like straight up <laughs> in your China, face. China, like, yeah. China don't give a fuck. Yeah, that's don't give why. A fuck. It's a fucking republic they don't they don't got like news organizations out there to to be like hey this shit's crazy that's what donald trump's trying to do right he's trying to be a dictator yeah and it's just crazy because he should have been born in china bro there's like so much wild shit going on in the world like that's another shit but speaking of wild shit paul wall is officially a fan of up in the mix officially (laughs) so you know in the past we've tagged him some posts we said you know the only wall that texas needs is paul wall you know Fuck your wall, Donald Trump. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, a couple weeks ago, we tagged him. They, oh, we were playing his song episode, and mm-hmm. he responded and, uh, you know, gave us a little salute and now follows the uh, the Instagram page. Yeah. Tip, tip in the fitted to you, Paul Wow. That's what's up. Especially he's been to Reno in that Kanye video, you know? We Paul Walrus. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> but, uh, and then uh, other news in the culture, Jesus and Meryl are back. They're back. Are the East Coast from equivalent their, of from, us. <laughs> from their... Uh, their uh, Little summer vacation. Summer so. vacation, longer hiatus. They're probably talking contracts. I was like, shit. shoot, we into the winter now. Yeah. <laughs> Interested to uh, see, you know, like, with all the shit going on, I can't wait to see their mm-hmm. takes on it. Yeah. It's and good. Then, it's funny. Uh, this fact checking from space. What do we got here? So, Trumpito was talking. Oh, of course. Talking to the girls out there doing the first. The all- women. The women doing the oh, space the walk. Women, the women doing the all space walk, right? And he's like, you must be very proud to be the first women doing spacewalks, you know? And then the girls were like, no, there's been 15, <laughs> um, including us, but this is the first all, all women, all one. women. Like it just, I think you it was can't just, get shit right. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah and yeah. then, so he was just like, and they're on the phone and he's like trying to correct himself. <laughs> and the girls keep correcting him on like straight up facts. It was so fact checking from space. Good job, girls. L- women. Sorry. Some people got like a block in their head when they're like mm-hmm. thinking something. They're not even hearing what anyone else yeah. is saying. So he's like, he's hearing the, the head, vibration bro. of their voice. Mm-hmm. And he's not listening. Yeah. And he's oh, thinking he knows the what head. they're saying. Yeah. 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 It's so funny. I yeah. was just I like, I hate running video. into people. Yeah. Like I heard that. about that, but I haven't seen the video. Yeah. A lot of transcript. They're like, no. And then like, and it's just like, you know, be like, no, there's actually been 15. It's, well, so it's actually them. it's actually something that I've noticed. This is uh, something I've noticed is that a lot of people who I've found that are hardcore supporters of him have the same thing going on. Oh, yeah. Where they have Tell this. Them. I know exactly it's, what you're about to say. It's really weird. It's like, man, it's like I could sit here and like question what I'm saying and like hear what you got to say. And like I'll admit if I'm wrong. I'm always open to stuff. I'm always like trying to hear different perspectives and like consider them. And consider that sometimes I'm wrong, but if you like can't take anything else into consideration except what you got in your head, mm-hmm. that's just that's ignorance. They don't like, even listen to you, yeah, ignorance. And I run into that a lot. <coughs> You're right. They're like, just like the man they support. I, I was <laughs> having a conversation with a Republican friend of mine, and he, I was like telling him about like how much teachers make, and he's like, I don't believe that. I was like, it doesn't matter what you believe, bro. Like, <laughs> I'm a fucking, fucking teacher. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I'm like, here, it's public information. I pulled yeah, up the yeah. pay scale, which is in, like, <laughs> any fucking person can look up and then showed it to him. Yeah. And he was like, holy shit, I can't believe this. And I'm like, 
Imagine all the other stuff that you don't want to believe that's actually true. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Just yeah. like this conversation we've had now. Oh, my God. Sure. I was like, we also only get paid once a month. He was mm. like, that's fucking crazy. No wonder you guys complain. And I'm like, yes. Yeah. Like, you should listen to people when they're telling facts just because you don't want to believe something. <laughs> it's yeah. easier to exist in that space, I was just though, thinking, right? That like, fabricated world that they've created in their head. He's like, I don't yeah. believe zone. that. And I was like, yeah. Who cares what you believe? What you believe doesn't matter. Right. What you believe in real life are different. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) What you believe, like, that's how these people are, though. Mm. Because when they're taught that whatever they believe is is, true. true. Mm. Well, maybe that's what they, the people that taught them were like, they, the knowledge they have was drilled into them. Mm. I mean, that's how you get this shit passed down. Ah, it's crazy. Mm hmm. It's Damn. kind of robotic. It's kind of like you can't think on your own. I don't know. When facts work. <laughs> yeah. Here it is. This is the scale. I was just like, look, bro, this mm-hmm. is public information. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not making this shit up. Mm-hmm. And he was like, God damn. Isn't yeah. That, isn't that crazy? Like people Some ask people me just... how much do I make? And I was like, not that much. You know, like, but like, oh, you work for this? And I was like, true, but I'm not, I don't make that much. Money ain't everything though, mm-hmm. right? No, it isn't. Like sometimes... Sometimes, uh, but it helps though. It definitely <coughs> helps. Mm. <laughs> well, next up, uh, my song of the week this yesterday was the 25th anniversary of Diggable Planets uh, album. So uh, I'm going to play a song off that album, Dog It, just okay. to, as a salute to them because uh, the what, one of the song. other songs came on. And again, like the I'm playing these songs and these my students are like, "Oh, I love this song. I heard this song before." Mm-hmm. And he's like, "I like this because you know." Because they don't know the history or anything about it. They're like, I just like this because it like sounds different from everything you hear. It's like, <laughs> he, you know, he was trying to explain. I'm like, it's jazz. Like, I'm like, this mm-hmm. is jazz. Like, this was based off of blah, blah, blah. So I'm like, you know, 25 years later, still out there having an impact on it's the youth. From Blowout Comb, right? That's, That's the one? From Blowout That's Comb, yeah. So uh, listen and enjoy to Dog It by Diggable Planets.
DJ and Lisa, real people's 89 is still in Fort Greene on Diamondback is where I'm at, feeling the funk, the funk that's in the trunk, the trunk, I feel the funk, the funk, feeling the funk, the funk, I'm feeling funk, the funk, I'm in the trunk, the trunk, feeling the funk, the funk, I am the funk. I raise every day for the mass, put my fist right up, right against the fascist, descend to my borough, fix my diction, it's way on time, fossil watch, fifth line, still shining, I'm left this year on long player. My vein lives, bell hooks, Derek Bell, Reg Butler. See, Marvin knew it, and Sly knew it, Cube know it, and now we do it. Out of Brooklyn, out of sight, brown sandals, handling MCs with angles. Commit to street corners where the players be jaying. I'm saying, a diggable swinger, word to mouth, brought the cloud, especially in the summer. You vanish like vapor, burn paper. We deal real, real, so chill. We'll linger in the funk. Bust up, bust up on the strip side. Blow down the whole nicks and flip side 6-3. JP and MC, baby, look great. Do it, fluid, keep it feeling straight. We make it bump to bump, we make it bump to bump, we make it pump to pump, we make it bump. Savior, corny missions for the tracks you lying on. We got ammunition for the streets we dying on. Stones, rocks, subways, blocks, chill mode. Loot for, rebel with no pause. The Nia gotta see a Saturday. It's Saturday, I'm looking at the streets as my nights. Cover asphalt, day this way tonight. My weight crushed, trash, broken glass. Play the wall with one foot up. Yeah, what's up, Ash? What's up? The flyer we get, the higher we get, good tryers. It's good diets, that's it, so I move. We show them, we prove. It's group food. It's going on, you wanna see knowledge born? See, see knowledge born. Before we forfeit them, we'll lick them. Playing. Meet me at the corner, Myrtle and Adelpha. I bless you with some joints, the mental hollow points. We do it in the park. Right. We do it in the park. Right. We, we do, do it in the park. park. We, we do, do it in the park. park. I'm fluid after dark in any situation. My tools, jewels, the nation. That's how we bump. Welcome back, guys. That was Sean's song of the week, and it was Dog It by Diggable Planets. And like you were saying during the break, that jazz just, uh, you know, there's a whole, <clears throat> there was a, it introduced jazz to a whole other group mm-hmm. of people who never would have really listened to jazz. Exactly. And then how the album cover looked like blue a Blue Note album cover. So, and that's like, if you guys don't know, it's big jazz label. So 25 years later, Diggable Planets salutes mm-hmm. to them. Yeah. Sounds fantastic. I love it. The whole album is so good. Yeah, yeah. If you don't listen to them, Nickel Bags of Funk, mm-hmm. Cool Like That. Because I'm cool like that. Yeah. And this is like, this is their sophomore album, right? Like yeah, this is their second so. one. But mm-hmm. they got like, their first one was in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, but all the hip hop heads like this one. Mm, yeah. You know what I mean? Very true. Yeah. yeah. This is the one where it was just like, I think a good balance of that jazz hip hop. Yeah. Because yeah. there has to be a balance. This is the one the culture truly appreciates. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I feel like yeah. this one they knew themselves better too. Like first one they were coming out, you know, they didn't have that sound locked in, and this one they had yeah. it more locked in. I hear mm-hmm. that too with the flow, with the vocals, definitely. Yeah. Well, uh, all right, Niles. Now it's time for the meandering questions portion of the show. Oh man, we're gonna ask you some uh, questions. Some of the questions we ask all of our guests, but some of them we made specifically for you. Are they're, you ready? They're the hardest. All right. It's like they're worse than SAT questions. Oh, man. <laughs> it's been a while. So, you know what? I almost made an SAT-like question for him. 
but I was like, this is it's too. It was like too much. Yeah, because no one messing with some teachers, man. (laughs) Put me to the test, huh? You have to give them three, three or four uh, choices. A, B, C, or D. Yeah. Oh man. But but if you spell your name right, we'll give you some points though. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Extra credit for the punctuation. Yeah. First question: What's the last musical artist you were listening to? Oh, uh, we were actually talking about this earlier. It's uh, oh, Moonchild. Oh, that's yeah, right. I just yeah. heard about them today. Yeah. Salute so to Ian, aka the Godfather. <laughs> Emic. He was just. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's the homie, AKA yeah. what was it? Is it Lotus yeah. or what? Was his other one with? Uh, I can't think of his. Yeah. AKA Michael K. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, he, he showed that to me R. earlier R. today, um, at the coffee shop opening. He. Uh, uh, showed me that, so yeah, I gotta I gotta listen to more of that. All right, next yeah. one: cheeseburgers or pizza? Oh man, pizza! Oh, what? what don't most people say pizza? Or it just it's kind of fifty fifty. Yeah, depends. really. Yeah, okay. What's your favorite pizza place in Reno? Oh, oh, oh. Uh, not not a pie face or what's it called? A sizzle pie. Noble pie? No, no, I, no sizzle pie is. You like, you like sizzle pie? I like pie? sizzle pie. Okay, okay. I fuck with, because, well, you know, I like them because I got homies that work there. They're open late. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like, I like it. They got some drinks I can have. They play good music in yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, they do. It's the best spot. So opinion. the ambiance is good, but is the, is the pie really good? Because I got to I got to think better. about it. Do you have there's, a favorite? There's a lot of better pizza places in the Bay Area. I was going to say, yeah. do you have a favorite place in the Bay Area you want to mm-hmm. give a shout out to? Yeah, 510 Pizza. I'll always be up in there. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. First, 501 uh, Pizza. Where's that at? Oh, uh, 510 Pizza. It's like, uh, I think it's off 15th. I don't know. It's somewhere It's somewhere right there in downtown. Like, um, downtown they, got, they got some curry pizza there. It's like a chicken curry pizza. Ooh. That's the 510. That's fire. And a lot of their weed, or a lot of their pizza is like <laughs> references to weed. You know yeah. what I mean? Okay. Okay. So they got like... They got like different ones, like the Blue Dream or something. This is in San like Jose. That. No, this is in Oakland. Yeah. Oakland. All right. Yeah, I th- I'm gonna be there next week. I, I have just to check uh, it out. No, Oakland is. I never lived in Oakland or nothing, but I spent a lot of time there for music and stuff. So I don't know all the places to eat. So whenever I'm like downtown, I'm like, let's go to Five One Zero Pizza because yeah. I know this spot hits. And, all right. You know what I mean? Yeah. And speaking of that, because like the chicken curry, yeah, we need to go try the Chicago with a twist. Brian had it the other curry. night, mm-hmm. and I don't know if he was sick, but he was. Oh no! I don't know if he got sick from it, but he was mm. sick the next day. He didn't go to work. There's, he was up all night. There's a handful of people. Maybe told he me just had a good. good night. He had too good of a See, night. I don't know. Yeah. Well, with 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 uh, with that guy, it's kind of tough to tell <laughs> if it's if it's food or another thing. All right. Next mm. question: Who would be your dream collaboration if you could work with anyone, dead or alive? Who would it be? Man. Um. Let me think about it and give you a, a real answer. Like, there's a lot of people. Like, as far as like a producer or MCs, like do both. Do both. Want. Yeah. Follow your heart. I mean, like honestly, like I, I'm more into like working with producers for some reason. Like, I don't necessarily like there's all these dope MCs. Like, I don't necessarily like want to do a song with them or something. Does mm. that feel weird? It's like no, no. I love Nas, but it's like I don't want really necessarily feel a drive to like want to do a song with Nas. Okay. But like I would love to work with uh DJ Premier mm-hmm. or Large Professor yeah. or all these people that work with Nas. So like on the production tip though, I I don't want to keep bringing up the same names, but I just like I've been really inspired by Adrian Young cuz of what mm-hmm. he's doing. He's the only one 
like preserving this music that we we've all expressed we like music from mm. i think like mostly 70 era jazz mm. right jazz fusion stuff mm -hmm. like that it's like this hip stuff that hip-hop was birthed from mm -hmm. he's the only guy i see out there trying to preserve that and he's a musician too so i would every, love to work with him every think, sound he makes he yeah. plays it I, I would love to just go in the studio not even have to say anything i'll just love to be just in the studio and just there. sit there and watch him and just soak up game that's the number one one that i'm inspired to like work mm -hmm. with right now influence wise all right next question you kind of went over um before in your interview so we'll go to the next one tupac or biggie uh pac pac i was raised on pac mm -hmm. pac is like the only rapper that was like a non-80s rapper that my dad was playing all the time i grew up mm -hmm. listening to that man like my mom used to get mad because i'd be cussing a lot because of this. <laughs> i'd be like two years old and like yeah. you know she'd be like just starting to talk you know what i mean yeah. and like so she would be telling me like some of your first words weren't the best words i wanted to hear coming from you yeah. and i was like yeah it's because dad was always playing tupac huh? no and it's funny too because i cuss a lot around my kid and the lady's like she's gonna start cussing and i was just like you might be embarrassed, but not me. <laughs> and my dad, he literally would teach me stuff. He would yeah. teach me how to cuss in different languages, like oh, in Filipino. Shit. And then yeah. he would teach me Spanish, too. Like, he'd be telling me. He thought he thought it was funny. He'd be like, come in, mierda. And I was like, oh, it's hilarious. I'm, I'm not even Mexican or yeah. I'm Spanish or nothing. You feel me? But living in San Jose, my dad, he, I think he had recently found, because my dad's from the Philippines, you know? So I think he had recently heard all that stuff, and he thought it was funny. Yeah. So he's, like, telling me. And, and then when like, a kid Yo. says it, it's yeah, even better, because, yeah, like, yeah, you, yeah. Got, you know, when the kid, they're yeah, innocent. Yeah. They don't know, like, yeah. that it's, like, really bad and stuff like that. Uh -huh. But, yeah, like, I'm yeah, just, like, it's, like, what if her first word is fuck? I bet, I bet be you, like, like all, my, all my dad, he's working with all the Mexican dudes. He's probably, mm -hmm. like, the only Filipino dude. They're all cussing at him and stuff, like. Well, <laughs> it's, because, it's because the Filipinos are, like, the Latinos of the Asian yeah, world. Yeah, they really are, though. They really we are, got though. the same last name. Hey, same, we like the same shit. Family like to link up every weekend. Exactly. Bomb-ass food, you mm -hmm. feel me? Yeah, yeah, very we're similar. Very we're similar. just on the other side, you know? Yeah, I agree. <laughs> Every we different from we, different from Chinese people and exactly stuff, and then I mean? like yeah it's just like the same vibe yeah you know and it's just like culturally uh, yeah. yeah so it's like yeah. the Latino same influences yeah Latinos Spanish over. yeah yeah Spain Spain did invade both Philippines both those lands. And, yeah. Yeah. yeah what didn't they do though <laughs> <laughs> all, right. all right next question this one we haven't asked someone in a long time but like what would be your dream scenario that you would be doing in five years if like everything worked out exactly how you wanted it to. Yeah, if you had asked me, like, a couple of years ago, I wouldn't even have an answer to that. But, like, I've recently, like, been able to visualize my future, you know what I mean? I'm 27 right now. going to turn 28 in about six months. So I, a lot of people are like, man, you're still young. Like, you still got all this time. And I'm like, man, by the time I'm in my early 30s, it, you know, I'm, I'm an artist, but I also want to have a space for other artists. I've always been, like kind of like had that hosting kind of feel like you know what i mean mm -hmm. like a lot of my a lot of my musical friends that i have come through like i kind of just like i host that you know what i mean like i like introducing people like a lot of my friends like they make music with people it's like i might have introduced them to that producer or stuff like that so in five years i want to have like a real studio where magic could happen you know what i mean mm, okay that's what i see myself doing like yeah i'm an artist but i want to have a studio for other artists yeah most okay. definitely that's awesome yeah i feel like a lot of uh times there's like all these talented people but not a way for them to all connect meet each together. other and connect mm -hmm. and a studio to me a real studio like a true studio that is more than just somewhere people pay to go to record their music it's like a place where people could chill build mm -hmm. and it's like you know we think about like great studios like motown like you know they had this house in detroit 
you know what I mean? And all these artists got to meet each other. We look at like great music that was created by like like the scene with Jay Dilla and Erica Badu and Common and like all these people is because they all met each other by going to the studio. They would have never met each other if they weren't in Dilla's basement. D'Angelo, yeah. you know what I mean? Ali Shahid, Q-Tip, start mess with them. Like it was because they had this magical space where all these people were coming through. And I really value that. I don't think a lot of people like, now everyone's recording on their own computer in their own room. And they can be an Not independent that, artist. that collaboration. Yeah, what happened to those like magical like studios where it was just a vibe, where it was like the people that ran the studio and the, the artists that were part of it like attracted that similar kind of energy, and it was just like great musical connections being built through that. Whereas now, as every day, people just want to like be on their own in their own bedroom in their own studio. Like it, you don't get that anymore. There's no more studio vibes, and right? Like, they're emailing like. You know, beats and email and lyrics and people like, stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Great music is not made by individuals. It's made by groups of people. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Word. Definitely. So you got to have a space for groups of people to get together. Not everyone's going to fit in one little bedroom on mm -hmm. Pro Tools. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> or Fruity Loops. The How do you meet other people? Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh -huh. Other people, like, they got a, a session come starting after your session ends. You, ca you catch them when when the session's ending mm -hmm. you hear someone playing a beat in the next room you're like who is that i mean that's how dj premier heard about um um well shit what do you what do you call it i think he dj premier always going in la and he found a bunch of people in la just being out there yeah that's how it works yeah all right what do you uh how do you feel about drake aka drakey poo oh man like i uh, as a hip-hop head mm -hmm. uh, well, i mean as a hip-hop head like i'm not I'm not into his music personally. It's not my cup of tea, but I'm not a, like a hater on him, man. Cause like, he's just like, he's pop. And it's like, I really just consider him pop, you know, like I res actually respect like the amount of like music that he puts out and how he's like been able to build this cult following or whatever. Like I respect that aspect of it, but his music ain't something I personally listen to a lot. I feel know. like uh, when we always talk about like, he's one aspect of hip hop culture. Definitely, and he's definitely yeah. driving it and pushing it to new heights. Yeah. He's definitely moving the f culture forward in a way. And he stays in his lane. Like, I, he stays in I, his I really lane. I like his producer. <laughs> <laughs> what, was, what was that dude? OVO or whatever? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I, every once in a while, I'll, be, I'll hear a new Drake song. I'm like, oh, I'll be like, damn, what is ah, this right here? Yeah, yeah. And, then like, and, I, and I hear it. I'm like, okay, yeah, it's pretty dope. But then I don't mm. want to catch myself going back to listen to it. Like, mm. the lyrics are good, too. Like, Drake's voice sounds good mm -hmm. and stuff. I'm like, all right. But it's not something yeah. I go back to listen to because maybe... But he makes really catchy songs. Yeah. It, I, maybe his lyrics don't speak to me personally as much. Maybe I don't relate to him as much. Mm -hmm. I think that's what all it is. Yeah, because like sounds we, good. Because like we say, he's a part of the culture, and like for me, it's like Drake, Kendrick, and J Cole are the top three in the hip hop that are pushing it. You know, today, oh, yeah. today, Drake is the hip hop part. You know, we got Ken, J Cole been stepping it up. Yeah, maybe. and then like J Cole doing like like that backpacker lyric bar stuff. Yeah. Kendrick being conscious and thinking about you know like the whole world around him. You know, those are the three people that are pushing hip hop for me. Yeah. And Drakey Poo's the hip hop. Last question, and this is kind of a broad one. You can answer it however you want. But what is hip-hop to you? What has it meant to you in your life? Uh, hip-hop to me is not, like, really a genre. It's like a culture. Yeah. Uh, I was expressing earlier in the interview, I was raised on, like, early hip-hop culture. Not even a lot of rappers. A lot of the records my dad was spinning was not even people rapping on there. It's just, like, beats. Like, you know, Al Nafish. Break, break beats and whatnot. Break beats and stuff like that. And, you know, 
so when I think of hip hop, I'm thinking of hip hop culture. I'm thinking of like people coming together. Um, it's like really exclusive. It's underground. It's for the people, by the people, and it's it's always going to be that. And no one could ever take that away from the essence of that away from hip hop. Mm-hmm. It's meant to be the voice of the people, whether that's through dance, whether that's through lyricism, whether that's through music. It's it's that's what hip hop is, man. It's like the voice of the people, like. So like when people try to like appropriate that culture, gentrify hip hop, it kind of it bothers me. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That's a good word for it too. That gentrifying of hip hop, because <clears throat> it's not supposed to be easily digestible by everyone. It's gonna make people upset. It's supposed to challenge things. It's supposed to be uncomfortable. It's supposed to be for everyone, but you gotta like respect where it came from. You gotta respect the people that came up with the culture and what it meant to them. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then yet like hip hop is probably like America's number one export, you know? Hip hop is sure. Hip hop is American culture now. It's American culture and it's also now the number one genre of music in the year when they call it a genre. But it's very broad. So it's like easy to do that, I guess. But I mean, you have kids in South Korea and you have kids in Norway who are listening to to hip hop and dressing and doing graffiti Mm -hmm. and b boying. And like, that's the thing. You have kids in Africa, kids in, you know, Asia all around the world who have been influenced by this culture that started mm-hmm. off, you know, in, in New York. Yeah. yeah. In the Bronx. Mm-hmm. Yeah. BX. <laughs> well, you have won the meandering questions part of the show. Good job. Thank you. Excellent. Right. <laughs> uh, everyone seems to win that part. Yeah. No it's loses. good. Yeah. We don't have losers here. It's, that's like, it's like playing the Miami Dolphins. <laughs> I was like, yeah, hey, what, what do I got to do to lose? <laughs> Shoot. Not show up. All right, next up is our fuckboy of the week. Damn, I'm, I heard about this one. <laughs> and this just made me... <laughs> fuckboy of the week, huh? This made me so mad when I saw it. So this last week, this neighbor like see, is in Dallas. Neighbor sees that like their their neighbor next door, their door is open, and it's like 2 oh, in the morning. Man. So they call a non-emergency n- number. Like They don't dial 911. They call a non-emergency police number, and they're like, can you check on my neighbor? Their door is open. I know they were home earlier. I don't know. It's late. You know, it's two in the morning. Can you just go check and make sure they're okay? So somehow this stupid fucking cop shows up for that call. And instead of just going to the door, ringing the doorbell, knocking, saying hello, checking if anyone's there, decides to walk around the fucking house with flashlights, sees someone in a window, he screams at them to put their hands up and shoots that person less than five seconds later if you Damn. haven't seen the body cam footage go watch it man because like yeah. that i don't understand how that could even happen like yeah. people are like oh I, I can't understand his perspective that's the thing with this mm. one it's like put yourselves in his shoes if knowing the circumstances and knowing what you're told how is that how you react in that situation anything wow. But, like, you saw a black person and just shot them. Fuck. They were just sitting there playing video it was like games a, in it the was dark. It was a, a it was woman a, with her nephew playing video games. It was even a woman he shot? Heard, heard rustling in the bushes outside her house, stood up, and got shot. 
All uh, because they left their front door open. They're playing they put, video games. The, the wind, front door the got left probably, open. Maybe it didn't get yeah. closed. Who knows? Yeah. Next thing you know, it's like, what'd you hear outside? They didn't even up? ring the doorbell. That's like right now. We're sitting here doing this interview. And it's like, oh, you hear that? And we look and they're like, boom, shoot you. You don't even have time uh, to react or even know what's going she on. She never knew what happened. Yeah. Never knew what happened. She couldn't probably see even see outside because the light was on. So inside. the good she thing is straight murder. He's Cold already murder. been resigned and charged with murder. Dude. But if this motherfucker doesn't get more than ten years, like that stupid fucking chick who Went shot into, the dude mm-hmm. in the thing, the wrong like, apartment, you, Dallas, you guys need to riot, bro. Yeah, don't stand for this shit. That's oh, bullshit. Mm. We do condone down violence here at Up in the Mix. When, not, when, when appropriate. When appropriate. Mm-hmm. You can't just go no. walk around shooting and killing people no, with no, no consequences. No. And always protest how you're supposed to. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, start off peaceful. Yeah, yeah you know, I appreciate that, actually, man. Mm-hmm. Because that's just like since the beginning of time, and that's just like a natural reaction, and that's how things should be dealt with. And people are a little too cautious nowadays, man. Mm-hmm. Sometimes that's just what people need, man. You gotta stand <laughs> up. If, you don't, if you're not willing to stand up, for your stand up for yourself against people mm-hmm. who are willing if people are willing to use violence against you like sometimes you have to be willing to use violence against and that. it's not always the it's answer not, we understand yeah. that it's not an eye for an eye or anything but people mm-hmm. are so sensitive now it's like they think that like there's you just got to be a little bitch about it and that's like not the case yeah you can't nudge a person you know you can't yeah. like it's just tough like yeah people treat you how you allow them you got to stand you. up yeah people yeah, treat you, gotta, you how you allow you Charlemagne said a long time ago. I saw an interview. Mm-hmm. People treat you the way you allow them to treat you. That's if you so don't stand up for yourself, true. Who else is? I'm not going to use no names, but I'm, I'm in a situation right now where a lot of my friends are quarreling, and that's what I'm exactly what I'm trying to tell my friend. I'm like, you know, I was like, so and so never speaks to me the way that he speaks to you. Mm-hmm. But you never stand up for yourself. Yeah. Sometimes you got to. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. On the flip side, though, we have a hero of the week this week as well. On the brighter side, so this guy in the UK found a wallet. And there was, like, no contact information or anything. So he kept depositing pennies into the person's account with message. You know how, like, you do um, cash transactions, you know? And, like, the money apps and stuff like that. And you say, thanks for dinner or something like that. He put notes on the de- penny deposits i have your wallet i have oh shit okay. and then so like obviously you check your wallet just in case like someone is like running up a tab you know and that's how he found his wallet the guy kept putting penny transactions cool. my name is blah 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 i have your wallet um this is my phone number um, but just like a bunch of penny deposits. So like it didn't really cost him it, like Yeah, that's a cool anything. way. Yeah, yeah. And the guy got his stuff because it's always a hassle when you lose like a debit card, a credit card, you know, like yeah, all kinds yeah. of fraud stuff. But that guy was like smart enough to be like, all right, he's going to check his account. It feels good to know there's there's a lot of good people out there, mm-hmm. man. Because like, that, uh, that took effort. Like yeah, he could have yeah. just been like whatever. It, it was more than one deposit too. It took effort, yeah. Mm-hmm. And he like legitimately like you if you look up the article there's like you know what penny deposit or a pence or whatever it is sure. in england and then um all the stuff so it was just like i have your wallet this is my phone number contact me you know so it was awesome it's little things in life people mm-hmm. I can, you know, i'm sure the guy who lost his wallet is very thankful very grateful yeah and like like I said, it's always a hassle when you lose your wallet. <laughs> ID, you got to go DMV. Dog, all I lost of. my wallet like two years ago. Mm-hmm. I went to L.A. 
I'd been drinking a little bit. Mm-hmm. And I think it had just like fallen out of my pocket getting in the car or something like that. I knew when I'd seen it. I'd, I'd used it to pay leaving the restaurant, mm-hmm. and it wasn't at the restaurant, and it wasn't in the rental car. And I'd only gone from the restaurant to the rental and car. So it. it was like in between there, yeah. something happened. And uh, I had to get a new ID and all this stuff. But then maybe like two and a half weeks later, I got a package in the mail. It was my wallet. Oh, <laughs> Someone dang. sent me my, pa- my That's wallet. That's cool. I had my ID in there, so they just sent it yeah. to me. And I was like, wow. I was like, I for sure thought someone stole it. Yeah. But yeah. I couldn't figure it out because no one used my credit card. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, they probably it found out. it a couple of days later. Snail mm-hmm. mail takes Who forever. Knows, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just a freak incident. That's awesome, though. Yeah. I look to that person, too. Well, uh, local news this week. The r Awards event was Thursday night. We talked about that a little bit. Salutes to, uh, we were, I was there with uh, Kevin and uh, his girlfriend Katie won Best Dessert for Liber- mm-hmm. at Liberty Food and Wine. What did you win, Sean? I won Best Middle School Teacher. Mm-hmm. Hey. Shout out Josue. Yeah, Josue said he's coming. He's Josue coming for the crown. Uh, he's coming like, after you. I was like, it's all right, Josue. I moved up to high school, so yeah. that's yours for the take. <laughs> yes. But, uh, you know, we saw some friends there. To give a shout out Timmy Woods. One music teacher of the year, mm-hmm. Tony Medellin. One uh, best tattoo artist's shop. One best tattoo shop. Yeah, Mike shop. Mm-hmm. Uh, I saw Annalise uh, was there for uh, picnic. They won best bar. Uh, best bar. She got mm-hmm. second place. Saw Lacey Shea came seventh up. She won bar best bartender. Mm-hmm. The Shays were there. Um, a lot of uh, yeah. Sorry, uh, Ian, saw Ian and Carly from and Robin from Nami. It's there. They, they won right. They won best food truck. Um. Yeah, I can't remember uh, if I'm missing everyone else. You know what's tight about that list? We probably had just about every one of them on the show. Yeah, we did have a lot. There was a lot of former guests there. That was cool. Mm -hmm. Uh, Salute to Rory and those guys from Worst Little Podcast. Saw him. Uh, You know, they want to. We're gonna. They want to be on the podcast so we can do a little cross podcasting Mm -hmm. there. Yeah, and see what's up. And then uh, the last who's the other met uh, the woman who won filmmaker of the year. So I have to connect with her. I met some other people, like, and everyone was super friendly, just coming up, like, what are you here for? What do you, we met the owners of Moana Nursery, because they mm-hmm. won Best Garden Shop, and uh, we're talking to them in line, so it was a cool time. Salutes to the R&R. We met the, uh, the, uh, the guy who owns all of them in Sacramento, Chico, and Reno, like the guy who mm-hmm. owns the publishing company. The news and review part. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so that guy was cool. He came up to us, just shook our hands, introduced himself, started yeah. talking to us. I really appreciate the kind of content they put in those papers. Like, there's not a lot of filter, which yeah. is cool. They just kind of speak on real stuff. Yeah. And they're in the community. I've like, been paying attention. On real things. I'm like, yo, this paper is dope. They no, put real good. stuff in here. Mm-hmm. And yeah. they're inside. They have real topics that matter. Yeah. Sacramento yeah. edition, and Chico edition, Chico. and Reno mm-hmm. edition. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good little triangle of the you know this area and reporting on what's going on locally. Yeah, shout out to my friend Luca from New York. Mm-hmm. He does stuff with them too. He writes some articles. Oh shit! Nice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And then uh, local event today. Uh, ch- make sure you check out Kevin and Alex. You know, uh, they they opened up Coffee and Comics. The grand opening was today. It was packed. Mm-hmm. Uh, the wait was like a, the line was like an hour long. For the like, we were there for like three hours, and it yeah. was never like people just kept pouring in. That's, so they that's had a great, great grand mm-hmm. opening. Super excited and happy for them to see all the work mm-hmm. that uh, they've been putting in these last few months to make this business possible to come to fruition. Especially Alex, he's like had this in he's his head for a, for a long time. time. Did a lot of sacrificing 
Um, he's still going to be. Yeah. Because they're going to, so they're, if uh, they're on Moana Lakeside, they're going to be open from 5.30 to 8 every day. And Alex is pretty much going to be, I was like, oh, what hours time. are you going to work? He's like, pretty much 5.30 to 8. I'll come mm-hmm. home in the in the middle of the day and take a nap for a few hours. Mm-hmm. But um, if you need a job, uh, contact us or hit them up at uh, coffeeandcomics.com. Uh, they need to hire a couple people if you're looking for a job, especially if you have experience with coffee. Yes. Uh, it's going to be a great place to work. So uh, mm-hmm. holler at them or holler at me or Caesar, and we'll mm-hmm. put you in contact with them. And then they do uh, Counterculture Coffee, which is like they don't. there's no other place They're in the town that has it. the only place in Reno that has it. Mm-hmm. And it's it's awesome. And like Reno, we were talking about this, um, Vince, Vince and I at Magpie, that for how small Reno is, we're getting a lot of good coffee. We, we have amazing coffee There's in so here. So much good coffee. Because, like, I've traveled to, like, different places and stuff like that, and it's just, like, it's kind of scarce to, like, because it's, like, a big city or something to find. But here, pretty much any locally owned coffee spot. It's going to be good. It's going to be really good. You know, all the people from the Bay Area think about when they think of Reno. Mm-hmm. They, they think coffee, all-you-can-eat sushi, and IPA. Oh shit! Hey, that's, that's not a, a good that's, one. That's not bad. To be, that's, that's a good that's one. Not, they don't got all you can eat sushi like no, that they don't. Else. They don't. That's not what that's, that is. Yeah. Those aren't bad Reno things to be known. No, for. no. Now we just need to put those up in the mix of that list. Be known for. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Good beer, good coffee, and all you can eat sushi. Yeah, yeah cool. up in the mix will be next on that list for sure. <laughs> and we were like next year, coffee and comics, best coffee. Yeah. Up in the mix, best podcast. Let's go. Yes. But uh, yeah, anyway, salutes to those guys. Check them out. We'll be hearing more from them soon. Yeah. shout out, Michael. Michael Farino, the opening is coming up, and it's a distillery, and they do a bunch of great, uh, like, uh, they got a great Fernet. That's what they're known for, and they moved up here from the Bay Area. From the Bay Area. They started in uh, Mm -hmm. San Francisco, and uh, he was originally from here, and he's moving back here with his uh, wife. That's great, man. So, yeah, like, opening uh, is coming soon, probably by the time you guys hear this podcast. The opening shall be done. Because I know Michael's been grinding on that. Dude, he's been grinding, and like the place looks fantastic. It's on Fourth Street, where the old Reno Bike Project was. So, um, and I, I'm lucky enough that Michael let me have a little gallery up in there. So, and since it was in the the old Reno Bike Project, it's a bicycle themed uh, gallery. So, obviously, you know, black and white. You guys know my style. And it will be up there, and I will be. So you can check out mm -hmm. some dope pictures from Caesar and uh, get some. Great, delicious distilled spirits. And yeah. our girl Annalise, Annalise works there. That's what I was going to say. to Annalise mm-hmm. just announced she left and will be working there as well. So, yeah. you know, two of the best bartenders, arena, yeah. good people over there. You know, support these local businesses. Exactly. You know, these are Please. people from this community trying mm-hmm. to do something, you know, to better themselves in this community, just uh, out there making a living. And their tax money stays here. Yes. Not, like, that is so They're not some important. outside investors that came in here from someplace yes. else. And their like tax they money have, doesn't stay here. Like, they live here in this community. They work mm-hmm. here. Alex lives right here in the Honeycomb we Hideout know. with you, us. You guys, yeah. Everyone needs to understand the importance of what y'all are saying right here about supporting your businesses before it's too late. Mm. Because right. where I come from, it's already kind of too late. <laughs> like all these all these rich-ass people move in here and gentrify the hell out of it and push everyone out. And it's hard for local businesses to even thrive, man. Mm-hmm. But Reno's in this critical point where it's like it can go one way or the other. Mm-hmm. We can give in to these corporations that are trying to do that here, mm-hmm. or we can continue to support the local businesses to make sure they stay afloat. Because I don't yeah. want to see all these dope businesses yeah. popping mm-hmm. up. Next thing you know, instead of start going so to Starbucks, important. so important. Go hit up Magpie. Go hit up Coffee and Comics Straight Hub. Up. Mm-hmm. You know, up. one of these local coffee shops. 
Uh, and, if you uh, want to keep seeing these kind of places, go to them. Exactly. Like, money counts. It really does. And it's just like like when we say about protesting, when we say about whatever. You can whatever, vote with your money in this exactly, case. Exactly. That's you, the biggest thing you can vote with. Yeah. Cash, the green, the Fedia. That's, yes, Where you most, spend your yeah. money, you know, mm-hmm. matters. Straight up. And uh, like we said, when you're spending your money with people who are in your community, that money stays in your community. Exactly. Yep. So uh, support and, these. That's why one yeah. of the reasons we have all these local business owners on. Mm-hmm. Support, you know, sh- salutes to uh, Charisma and Nate. Go, you know, go to Braids and Fades. Braids and Fades. Get your Magpie, haircut there. Coffix and Commie, Derby Supply, Public House. Like, all those people, their money stays here. Yeah. And well, it, it oh. helps. It helps pay Sean's. Uh, actually, uh, yeah, I mean, <laughs> that's good. I, that's where I, I hope it does. Yeah, Shoot, I really, you know, I think more of that should be going to that. But. Tax dollars, like to work properly. Yeah. So uh, anyway, I want to get into where our tax dollars are going. Check, check. Yeah, that's another rant we could go check into, out. Yeah. Uh, well, we're almost done with season two. In season three, we'll be having some ads for some businesses, and uh, you know, give you some making, businesses who should support making moves. You know, I like that. Yeah. But mm-hmm. before we go again. For all of our listeners, you know, we have set records each of the last few months with more new listeners and downloads and subscriptions. But uh, if you could take the time again to go leave a review on whatever site or uh, app you use to listen to the podcast, we would greatly appreciate it. Go leave a review and uh, give us a like and a subscribe. Yeah, maybe tell your mama, your cousin, (laughs) you know, your friend. Your friends friend. Me and you, yo, mama and, and your yo cousin, cousin too. too. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, just tell everyone if you like what we're saying. Um, definitely, you know, spread the word because it helps. Exactly. Like we were talking about stats earlier and like Instagram, like numbers count now because we're in the age of Skynet. And uh, before you go, Niles, you want to uh, plug and tell them when the next Speakeasy event will be, oh, what's yeah, going to be definitely. going down, what they can expect. <laughs> Oh, yeah, it's the season finale, baby. <laughs> Saturday, November 9th at uh, Virginia Street Brew House. Oh, it's going shit. down. There's no password this time. No password. So you guys can come through. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got tickets on sale at Global Goods. Okay. If you guys haven't been to Global Goods, go check that shop out. Mm-hmm. One of my favorite shops in town. They got a bunch of sneakers on consignment mm-hmm. and rare vintage clothes you can find they there. They do stuff with Neon Babylon. Okay, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, Global Goods. You can go get some tickets there. But yeah, Saturday, November 9th, it's going down. Virginia Street Brew House. Mm, all right. And they have a beat battle that night? Yeah, it's a battle of the champions. Mm. There's going to be a couple of people that previously won that can't make it. So we'll have like the runner up from that battle or something come in. But it's going to be all our previous winners for the most part battling each other. Nice. Oh, shit. We've got the architect. Mm-hmm. If you guys are familiar with the architect, legendary producer from the Bay Area. He's going to come up and do a beat set, and we're actually going to have the microphone open. So if people want to cipher with the architect, he's going to be dropping some beats. Um, I've got Jeunesse Carter, Theory MC, Xavi, and my friend Zach all performing. Nice. X X A Q. That's how you spell his name. Then Zach. 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 <laughs> Zach. It's X A Q, period. That's how you say it? That's how you say spell it. it so. Zach. And he's a super talented artist. Mm-hmm. He hasn't even uh, really put out any music yet, but he's way beyond most people I met that haven't put music out. So mm-hmm. really That's talented. November 9th. Check that out. Yeah. And then you can follow. you. Uh, it's at Speakeasy775, right? Speakeasy775 on Instagram if you guys want to tune in. Um, hopefully I see you there. Yeah. yeah. Well, again, Niles, thank you for joining us, coming through the Honeycomb. 
and uh, sharing your opinion on hip hop. We might have to have you come back. Uh, we want to do a special hip hop episode where we All just right. have like a roundtable discussion. So might Nights have to have you uh, come participate. Yeah. Uh, but right. uh, until next time, make sure you check us out every Friday night from 9 to 11 on K-Wink 97.7, where we play Up in the Mix Radio, where we play nothing but uh, what you need to hear. Yeah, not what you want. We know. <laughs> we know. And uh, give Caesar a follow, uh, Della Photo Reno. Yes, with an F, because Latinos don't use that PH. And we're just up in the mix dot live mm-hmm. uh, on all platforms, up in the mix dot live. Yeah, moves to come. We got some special stuff coming about. So stay tuned. But until next time, this is Sean saying peace. This is Della Photo. Stay warm, and it's cuffing season. And make sure you got them Timbos because it's time to get brick outside. <laughs> so, salute. Peace. Bye.